0: The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective.
1: From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend.
0: A dream that came through a million
2: years, that lived on through all the tears.
1: It came here, the fandom nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast!
0: Here he is, your Spider Pan, Jeremy. Yes, we're, we're back, and uh, <laughs> sooner than you expected, because uh, honestly, we had started. And I probably should have kept the intro, I did now that I thought again, I'm thinking about it, but I accidentally hit stop on the recorder right in the middle <laughs> of us recording a new episode. Uh, right in the intro. So, but we are back. It is both me and it is the Philip, the last Boy Philip, who is Hello. looking at his phone. There he is. He's looking at his phone over there. <laughs> Something happened. Uh, but yeah, we are back, and i well, later than I had been expected, and so much to where I am doubling up this episode. Not only are we going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the mutant mayhem that is out there in theaters right now, but we're also going to be talking the Blue Beetle, and our review on that. And fun thing about this, the Blue Beetle uh, review that I have, you're going to hear 20 minutes of my appearance on a podcast called Nerds and Jesus, which means you get a special guest, Mary Howell will be joining me for the review of the Blue Beetle, which uh, we it's kind of a unique take because she's Latina, so she was actually able to have a different perspective on some jokes that were in the movie that us two pair of white guys would not have understand because the jokes were in Spanish, and other, white. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Does mom know? Is, did you ever see that movie? He's no evil. Here, no evil. is with uh, Richard Pryor and uh, Gene. Oh yes, I forgot. And like, you mean I'm not white? Does dad know or whatever? Like, that's, yeah.
3: So yeah, so she,
0: she had a different perspective and told me some of the jokes and some of the little comments that I would have missed because I don't know Spanish. Uh, But there's little things that she said, like, the English translation you were seeing at the bottom of the screen wasn't really a good translation for some of the humor and the funniness and occasionally some swear words that were done in Spanish that we would not have known. (laughs) One of them, for instance, uh, one of the last things that... uh, Where I cut off from my recording, because I only grabbed 20 minutes, and not even from the absolute beginning of her show. If you want to hear the whole show, you're going to have to go to Nerds and Jesus and find her episode. I'll make sure I put some links up somewhere, and go and download that episode if you haven't already. Maybe you're over here because you heard about me and you wanted to hear what this show is about. Who knows? But Mm -hmm, she mm -hmm. shares some new stuff. Like uh, I always thought that Uncle Rudy was talking about mi corazón, which was my heart, and I thought he was calling Jaime that. But no, he's calling him like, I'm going to mess this up. Here's my my English trying to speak Spanish. My It was Covazon. It was, it was something like that. But basically, he was calling him a big head. Uh, so it's like this nice little nickname for his nephew. It was kind of adorable. Uh, so that and a lot of other fun stuff coming up later on the show. But until then, uh, you've got Philip and I. And, of course, I always like to kick off a show by uh, what have you been watching? And I got something unique that I want to share with you. Uh, so I have a weird habit of—I watch a lot of different YouTube, but I watch some YouTube, like martial arts instructors, and a lot of them, they go around the world. Some of them go around the world, or they go and they, they sample different types of martial arts, and they learn about different types of martial arts and different things and learn skills. Uh, people like Jesse Camp, also known as the Karate Nerd, Sensei Seth— A guy named Icy Mike, who is on his channel is hard to hurt with the number two. Uh, And Kevin Lee, who I just recently discovered, who's kind of a little guy who does a lot of like Wing Chun Kung Fu. Um, And also My Martial Arts Journey. Uh, But I I watch a lot of these different ones, and uh, I learn a lot of different interesting things, things, but you don't actually learn martial arts watching these videos because you can't learn martial arts by watching them on a screen. We'll discuss this later. Uh, (laughs) Philip probably knows what I'm about to get into later when we get to the right proper Mm -hmm. spot. But anyways... So the My Martial Arts Journey channel, <laughs> the guy who runs it was able to coordinate with somebody in Australia who could set up various different challenges for martial artists to ser- determine who is the best at self-defense. And he basically like this ultimate self-defense championship and even had like a wrestling style title belt that they competed for. And he got some of these YouTubers in there, not just Jesse Camp. He's going to be season two, though. But they Seth and Icy Mike was there and uh, some other people I wasn't quite familiar with uh, that I got to meet along the way. Uh, and what was neat is not every challenge was a combat situation of self-defense. Sometimes it was a unique situation, and one that really impressed me, and I was telling my wife about this, they went into an office, and there's an actress there, a woman, a very pretty woman, uh, and you sit down in the chair, and you're supposed to be going over, she's supposed to be giving you, like, your quarterly review or something, and she starts to say, well, you know... Your job might be on the line uh, from these mistakes in here, but I think we can work out something. Now, might seem normal, but except for she starts... She's very flirtatious the way she says it, and at one point she kind of puts a foot up on their lap, or she starts to unbutton her shirt a little bit. And so now you've got a defense situation. You're being sexually harassed as a male by a woman, and if you try to, like touch even her shoulder, push her off, she could scream or claim that you were harassing her. So you need to find a way to get yourself out of this situation to where you're not going to get accused of something that you weren't doing because she was actually the harasser. And uh, it was very interesting. One guy excused himself. So, oh, I'm sorry. Well, can we discuss this later? I really need to go to the restroom. Uh, and uh, another guy, though, I felt bad for him. He did not realize what was happening. And he says, like, I'm terrible. I, I don't flirt with girls. I don't think, no, if they don't, I, I've been told later that a girl was trying to flirt with me, and I completely didn't notice. And uh, he didn't realize anything was wrong until she unbuttoned a top button on her shirt. And that's when he's like, whoa. And he just got up. And, uh, you know, I think one of them even grabbed some folders or, or and stuff and put them between him and the girl and say, okay, no, so I'm not touching you. You're not touching me. Uh, and got out of the room but it was very interesting. so it's different situations and knowing when you're gonna be in a, in a fight and when not to, when it's better to run uh, for your life or you know not. So it's very interesting. I definitely recommend it. It's just ultimate self defense. It's on YouTube. Uh, they're working on a second season. He has managed to crowdfund it. I would love for him to be able to turn this into a regular streaming service. That'd be nice. It would be, be great. Good. And I definitely recommend. All, I I posted the link up to my Facebook page, and even uh, Jonathan Johnson of Diz Radio. Uh, he is a martial arts instructor even as well. I figured he would enjoy it, so I tagged him in and said like, "Hey, he watched this. I don't think you get a kick out of it." Uh, he was he was supposed to be able to join us to talk about uh, uh, Paul. Re- or not, well, not the, the last episode. Episode, but he wasn't able to. It would have been fun to actually have him on this episode talk some Ninja Turtles because he's around our age. I think he's a little younger you than go. us, but he might have had fun talking about some Ninja Turtles too. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and just keep things moving and just move on to what have you been playing because I was talking about Ninja Turtles and this is kind of fits as a news thing because there's some new DLC coming out for Shredder's Revenge, uh, and I realize as I've transitioned to PS5. My uh, my trophies didn't cross over, or my save games didn't <laughs> carry over, so I've been replaying on Showrunner's Revenge a little bit. Uh, and also replaying on the Kawabunga collection because my trophies didn't come over, so it gives me a chance to replay some of the games on the Kawabunga collection to unlock those. So that's what I've been playing. Whoa. Getting ready for August thirty first, the DLC for Shredder's Revenge. We get Us- Usagi Ujimbo, and some other characters g- are going to be unlocked to play with some new uh, challenge levels and stuff like that to play. I am super excited. I have my uh, PlayStation card sitting over there with ten bucks on it, just waiting for me to use to get some DLC going. <laughs> yeah. I am super, 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 super excited for that. But also because Are you sure you're excited. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I am. But also because we're running a little bit behind on the show, I'm gonna just keep pushing forward because we got so much to cover. We're gonna go to the dude and go ahead and jump on the news.
3: Banning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This
2: is
1: news from around Neverland.
0: Okay, now um, I've not gotten the read TMNT The Last Ronin. I, I don't know if you have, have you?
1: Not all of it. I've seen, I got like a preview of it before. Part of it had to do with when we had free comic book day.
0: Ah, yeah, I think there was some, some, well, did I manage to get some of the stuff? Because I think they're about to do a sequel one to it. But uh, it Mm. became a huge hit. I really need to go purchase uh, a copy and and read it here. But uh, there is a game in the works, and uh, Mm. they recently found out that THQ Nordic is officially the developer of this game. Uh, this is, of course, based on the comic book series from 2022. Set in the future, The Last Ronin is a darker take on the franchise, where all but one turtle has been killed by the Foot Clan. Oh my goodness. With the lone survivor on a revenge mission to kill the grandson of the Shredder. Now, I happen to know who that last turtle is. If you don't know, I'm not going to say. I don't want to spoil anything. But, uh... Oh, see, and it, uh, I'm getting this off of IGN, by the way, right now. Uh, it says The Last Ronin is one of the darker entries, a uh, franchise, but it was wildly popular comic book series last month or a couple months ago. At San Diego Comic-Con, we learned that a sequel for the Last Ronin was currently in the works with the first issue slated to release on December 13th. The video game adaptation of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin is being developed by Black Forest Games. Uh, I guess that's part of the other one. Uh, that's the developer best known for its remakes of Destroy All Humans and Destroy All Humans 2, which I have not played, but I do have available to me on PlayStation. I'm kind of excited for this, even having not read, just because it'll be different. And it's a Ninja Turtle game, so...
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I, I'm in to check it out. Uh, there is a like, like, a, like a little teaser trailer, but it's nothing but audio, and it really wouldn't... Uh, there's no dialogue, so there's really nothing useful to share with y'all. So... But here's something else. Something happening in the world of comics. I also found this on IGN. Uh, this is an article that says Batman Offworld brings Marvel icon Jason Aaron back to DC. Uh, he's actually uh, Jason Aaron apparently has been a dominant voiceover at Marvel Comics over the past 15 years. He's done some runs on Wolverine, Thor, the Avengers, and now he's coming back to do something with Batman. Uh, something called Batman Offworld, which is going to be a six-issue limited series. It's got a uh, Jason Aaron working with artist Doug Menke, who's already worked on Detective Comics and The Green Lantern, and anchor Jamie Mendoza. Uh, So this is taking Batman away from Earth and on a rare solo mission to an alien world. And they have a bit of a slideshow on IGN's page of some of the artwork, which, you know, some of these characters remind me, like this one particular character, like Philip and I are looking at, reminds me of Poison Ivy. Uh, There's a really cool picture of Batman there with a gargoyle. Uh, but, you know, there's the character, well, you look at the grinning face, he's somewhere across between the Joker and, uh, Bane, perhaps. Uh, something like a devilish looking dude. So, I mean, the, something really kind of odd and interesting going on and bringing Batman into more of a sci-fi area. So, uh, it's, it sounded curious, so I figured, you know, I, when I saw this, like, this would be fun to share. And, uh, oh, look, DC's got an official description for the first issue here. It says, a routine night in Gotham City for a young Batman proves to be anything but routine. When the crime fighter is confronted with a sort of foe he's never faced before, one from beyond the stars. Well, yeah, uh, hasn't he fought the Predator a couple of times? Okay. Anyways, a universe of possible alien threats leads Batman to make a daring decision to venture alone into the far reaches of the cosmos for the very first time where the Dark Knight will face the fight of his life. Of course, they are saying that this is a young Batman, so maybe this is is before he fights a Predator or various other alien entities in the Justice League, you know, like Darkseid. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, apparently, the the writer also built a reputation in working on DC's Vertigo books, which is like the weird stuff. All right, next thing that I found that I thought was interesting. Oh yeah, um, so we all know that. Uh, whoop! My ad blocker wants to pop up and get in my way. X Men '97 is coming very soon to uh, Disney Plus. The f- toys are already out, and one particular toy shows Wolverine without his mask.
1: Yeah, you can. Yeah, that looks interesting.
0: Yeah, now I don't know if this means that it's the same Wolverine toy and you can maybe swap the heads. I've seen some of these at Walmart. The very interesting thing about this, and it doesn't have a picture of the packaging, these new figures is uh, they're in boxes. They don't have any plastic, but they've, they've opened it up so you can see the figure. I mean, it's really just kind of there. Reminds me a lot of packaging I've seen at, say, like a Walmart or grocery store where they have the very cheap-looking figures. And these are very cheap-looking figures, the one I saw in the store. Uh, but the, you know the interesting thing is there is a picture here That shows like a normal card back, and it does look like it has some spare heads, and it even looks like it has a mask figure. So I'm thinking there's another set of figures coming later that will have a card back, and maybe I'll pick some of those up and hang them on my wall. But they're based on this new animated series, so they're supposed to look kind of like the uh, old animated series. I'm hoping there's going to be a better Cyclops figure, because the figure that I've seen that's in the box, uh, he's got the imprint of his yellow underwear, I guess to say, but they just turned it blue. Uh, And that's not what he's going to look like, apparently, in the series. So, uh, but they are confirming uh, that they, you got some returning cast that Cal Dodd is returning to voice Wolverine from the original series. Also, Lenore Zahn, uh, or Zan, I'm not sure, as Rogue. George Buza is back as Beast. Allison Seeley Smith as Storm. Christopher Britton as Mr. Sinister, who I hear as a major villain in this one. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, I, that's all that I know of of who all is returning. And I've heard the actor who played Cyclops did pass away. Uh, yeah. I saw some tributes to him. So, unfortunately, he's not returning. Um, don't know of any other actors uh, the actors for Gene or anything else don't know uh, for all of you anime fans that live in Kansas City by the way uh, Planet Anime Kansas City is October 21st and 22nd this year I've been getting emails about this because they're the same people who run Planet Comic Con and uh, the nice thing is uh, Nadi- N- Naji Jeter who is listed as Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, and The Last of Us. Uh, there's pictures of Miles Morales, I believe, from the game. So I believe that is the actor from the uh, the the PlayStation games is what I'm getting from this. Uh, you also have a, a guy over here, Alex Lee, who uh, is, he's listed as play, being Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm not sure what character he's played in that. Um, also, I see Uriel Lowenthal, who is also... Uh, I believe he is the voice of Spider-Man in the Spider-Man games. Uh looks like he's also done some voices for, like, Ben 10 and the Castlevania series on Netflix. Uh, so there's actually a few people starting to show up that I actually would be curious to see. I'm not a big anime person. My wife is. Uh, but you've got a lot of people who've worked on uh, Naruto, I see. Uh, I see some Dragon Ball Z characters. Looks like one character, Kyle Hebert. Uh, is also the voice of you in the new Street Fighter game, uh, so that is coming up. By the way, in October here in Kansas City, if you happen to be a fan of anime, you might want to come and check this out. Planet anime,
1: I'm not much into it either, but I do know that they uh, they have a lot of fans.
0: Oh yeah, they got a lot of fans, and I would go you know, if there's a panel talking about the upcoming Unique Spider-Man stories, Two I'll game. Because oh, actually, you Great. know this is this is the weekend that game will come out, so I'd rather be at home playing oh, really? this Spider-Man sure. Two game. I've already got it reserved October 20th, brother.
1: Very very unique stories in anime, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. And, and good animation. Yep, if I didn't... just not my style. <laughs>
0: if I had managed to get two different episodes between the Ninja Turtle and the Blue Beetle one, um, Heather and I have been sitting and watching Fairy Tail, uh, which is an anime that actually is kind of fun. Uh, so, well, I'll discuss that maybe next episode. All righty. Here's, by the way, so the new, uh, it's the Dimension Shell Shock, uh, which I mentioned a little bit earlier. That's the new DLC coming up for uh, yeah. the new Ninja Turtles. Have you gotten to see some of this footage? No, I, I don't think so. Well, you notice how see this looks even a little bit more arcadey here.
1: Yeah. Uh, and notice it like there's
0: a... different colors of mm, the turtles. Yeah. And uh, see like the the toy. And look, notice Leonardo has the I brown like the old toys
1: coming to orangish brown yeah yes
0: so they, yeah. <laughs> they've got some new styles and some new looks uh this is kind of a long trailer uh, uh but this is coming august 31st but they have different looks for the different turtles and you can kind of customize them a little bit uh i think you can oh, put really? them all in all red but you can actually have them all look like like the nintendo version of the Nin- ninja turtles 2 arcade game where they were all just that solid green you can do that oh i remember that yes yes all, so many different kind of that. things. That's fun. Oh, you're, you're going to want to get it. Especially that you have even levels you, that are like 8 bit looking levels, which you can kind of see on this picture here on my screen. I'm going to go ahead and hit the button and let you kind of look at some of this. Oh. Yeah, there's going to be some sound here, too. Okay, and that's really just a lot of music, so it's really hard to for, to,
1: for the podcast, anybody to catch. But no, Philip has been
0: reacting like, oh my gosh, but, look at this.
1: But what I will say here is there's this picture here. It looks to me like Raphael has the full headband on.
0: Yes, he does. This, this is the Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Nickelodeon series. Ah. Cause you see oh, Leonardo cool. there with that kind of the weird skull th- scar thing or whatever or something. Yeah. Although yeah. that's also very similar to what Raphael is wearing in the new film. Yeah. I don't know if movie, that look yeah. is necessarily in there, but they tried to integrate a lot of different styles. You could see yeah. April wearing a black jumpsuit even at one point. Yeah. Did you see cool. that you got to play as R- Rocksteady, Bebop, and some other villains? Yeah, I saw that. And, that, and that's saw, part that's of cool. like a survival mode uh, that you, uh, after each uh, each area of survival that you get through, you get to choose like a power up, and some of them can be to turn into a villain. You can even play I as the, the Shredder himself. Himself. oh really yes That's man cool. this is gonna be so awesome i am super super excited for this uh so once i, like I get it if you don't get look. it right away dude we're, we'll, we'll online we'll play some of this man yeah we haven't really got I to play can. that one together so much
1: yeah it's a fun, yeah, fun it's, stuff. it's, it's back true, in the day a, so much fun
0: well it kick even the nowadays it's like it's the modern with the old you know with the old school yeah. style
1: with with some extra combination
0: <laughs> mm-hmm is so I mean I was so excited for that game to come out and I, I've not been disappointed. It was a lot of fun to play and fun playing it again. Got some bad news to share. This came from yes. Variety. The Tron 3 director says that the 150 plus crew members were all laid off as strike shut down production. We need to speed up the negotiating process. So yes, the sag after strike and the writer strike, all that going on, has yeah. brought Tron 3 to a halt. But like it didn't have enough things that brought it to screeching halt multiple times. What? This movie's been canceled so many times.
1: I know, and I love Tron. You know me. Uh, this is I got, a, got a Tron display up above me. You know yep, that <laughs> mine is, of course,
0: down in my uh, my master bedroom where all the Disney stuff is. But this is going to be called Tron Aries, and it's set to star Jared Leto, Evan Peters, Greta Lee, and Jodie Turner Smith. Uh, and basically, the day when this story came was supposed to be the first day of principal photography. Oh, and so and so, like, boof, they didn't get it. I can't manage to come into a negotiation. Which you know, one thing. All right, now I ain't taking sides on this. Yeah. but I, I do find it it's very interesting that in any line of work you do you get paid only for the time you're working on it on, on at, at that job you right you get paid for the time you work on it it's only in this type of industry that you actually get residuals for just having it still exist, that you were in it and it still exists—and somebody watches it or some somebody shows it—and so part of the part of their deal is with now streaming services. They need to work out something how they get the residuals. Now I'm not going to say right or wrong, but I, I find it interesting that that seems to be the only area—and I guess it ha- might have something to do with like copyright thing, you know, and rights—but where everybody gets paid. But I wonder: does the crew get paid? I mean, writers should get paid, and I mean, the actors get paid, don't they? I mean, I know the actors get paid, but I don't know if the writers get paid. What about all the crew people who worked on it? Does everybody get a residual for that? I make ads for a television station. I don't get residuals every time they show the ad that I make. But, yeah, I'm not not taking sides on this. And I I definitely don't want them replaced by AI actors. That's definitely wrong. No. But I I, I have a hard time taking sides on this. I I want everybody to get paid fairly, but... I feel more for the lower level actors and a lot of the voice yeah. actors who don't get paid millions per project. If when I have millionaires telling me that I need to support them, I have a hard time saying, Oh, you need yeah. more money? Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's my two cents. Everybody's gonna send me hate emails now, right? Me watch oh this. well. <laughs> okay, uh something else that this is this is this is some newly uh, new news, I guess. This is uh, I don't know. It's sad, but I, I feel you know. I feel good for him getting to retire. But Charles Martinet has retired from voicing Mario, and he says, "You are that. number one in my heart." Uh, <laughs> I
1: heard it, uh, too.
0: which is kind of cute. Uh, well, so Martinet is not involved in an upcoming Super Mario Brothers Wonder game that's coming in October 20th on Nintendo Switch. He's not involved in the game, but they want to honor his legacy. Uh, but he's going to be a Mario ambassador. Now, I figure though. And I hope they do pay him every new game they make. I think that is fair to pay him for a new game if they use his voice. Because really, yeah. all he's got to go, wah, wahoo. Most of his stuff is probably mm-hmm. done, unless he has to talk any dialogue. Yeah. So uh, they could reuse his wah, wahoos. And it's to me, over and over again, as far as I know. I haven't played any like newer Mario games. Well, well, they,
1: how many games have they done? I mean, They just I, keep I coming. <laughs> I mean, yeah, really. they, they never stop. So they got so much of him. You know? Yeah. And back to the whole AI thing. Even though you don't necessarily want to do it with a voice, it's a little bit different. when it's just uh, like if you want him to say, What's that? You know, like yeah. say, let's say you haven't done that yet. Yeah.
0: Well, What's they that? can actually get AI now to do that. You can have an, a, yeah. they're actually doing it right now on Avengers and Odyssey, where one ca- one actor has passed away, but they needed that character. And they the, the actor and his family have given, gave the blessing when he passed away. It's like, No, you know, keep the character going somehow. So they had yeah, an actor good. perform as the character, but they used AI to turn his voice into the other actor's voice. So I mean it's possible. Cool. I was even just watching something today where a very popular song called The Rich Men North of Richmond. Uh, if you I haven't like heard that, that yeah. I, I I watched today somebody did AI to put Hank Hill, you know, uh, King of the Hills voice on it instead and change the voice. So it's kinda scary what you can do with AI and I don't yeah, I, I don't feel like we should be replacing people unless they say they're okay no. with it. Uh, yeah. And, and if you do use their voice or something, they should get paid for every new project. I think that's fair. Yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, yeah. If you're making money at least, I mean, if it's just for a fun thing on YouTube or something, that's a whole nother, you know Well, what I
0: mean. a fun thing on YouTube, but yeah, you gotta be careful. There's copyright rules on that too.
1: Well, that's true. I'm so, talking about like, if you're just doing it for the fun of it, like on, uh, if you're not, if you're not making money and all that, cause I don't think. You well, whether make you're making
0: money or not but, is nothing to do with copyright law. You can still get stabbed yeah. with with that. So. So so just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do yeah. it. Uh righty. So, so uh, another one. Uh this actually came off of truffleolshuffle dot uh, costs Uh cost fourteen point oh I clicked the wrong thing. I co- it cost fourteen point ninety nine pounds. It's a never ending huh? story planter gnomes. Uh and <laughs> this Isn't is a tray. you this is not cute. This is a tray you with our taxes when our taxes is, is falling. Down into the, the the bog of of, of sorrow, he's giving into the sadness and dying right here. Oh, that's you, did right. Did you not see Neverending Story?
1: It's been a long time. I forgot this, about this. This
0: traumatized children almost as much, or if you know more than Bambi's mother dying. Okay, <laughs> and somebody has made a planter of this to put. <laughs> and what this is is you you put it in your planted plants. So you put it in your dirt, so it looks like they're sinking in to the bogs of sorrow. Oh my For gosh, people!
1: For some reason, I thought that was—I forgot that that's what was going on. Yes, it's the, been such a long time since I watched it. I, the horse is slowly don't me, dying. Don't hate me for not saying this. I always thought it was a stupid movie. I—I am not saying this bad. Send your there's emails to
0: Philip Coons at hotmail.com. Yeah, so I, uh,
1: I always thought it was a dumb movie. I uh, even as a kid, I thought, "Oh, this is a stupid film." But uh, don't—I there's things about it I like, but. I always thought it was really dumb, but uh, this is also I somebody forgot. who didn't really
0: enjoy Lord of the Rings either, folks. So he's just that not well, wired that way.
1: I did at first. It, I I thought I got I got burned out on it. that's all. Mm. But um, I actually like things about that film. But I just forgot about the the horse dying. I love horses. Mm-hmm. That's the name. Of, that's the meaning of my name. Actually, love of horses. Uh, but no, I didn't. But I'll be truthful. If I, I was to make anything from that film, now maybe not for a Plunder, but. A flying dog thing. Oh, the the that luck dragon. Dog. Yes. Luck dragon. I yes. always to call him a dog for something. He looked like a dog. well he looked
0: like my dog back then. Why why in the world is now my my brain is not thinking of the name of the luck dragon.
1: Yeah, I like the luck and dragon. And he even had a famous voice
0: um that did the voice. Um I think Oh, uh it's the voice of Skeletor. Um
1: Oh He's yeah. the voice uh, of of I the Luck know. Dragon. Oh, is he really? Alan Oppenheimer. Yeah, I never would have guessed yes, that. as the voice of the Luck Dragon. I, I do as Alan. I feel
0: like I need to have you awesome. sit down and watch it again. And maybe, maybe as an older, you might appreciate it now because you didn't like it as a kid. I, I watched
1: it about a. I watched it about a year ago. And still, did. a year or
0: two ago, still think it's stupid though.
1: I, I like things about it, but you I still it. think it's just really goofy. But I like it. Yeah. I mean, things about it, but I yeah. still yeah. thought, oh man. That's, yeah, that's, your
0: your overall <laughs> thing is not necessarily fantasy. You're more sci fi, but you do love sword
1: and sandals like Conan the Barbarian. I like sci fi. I like fantasy. Remember, I like Wizard of Oz yeah. and all that.
0: Well, Wizard of Oz is, is like different. It's not like a fantasy. It's kind of different. No. It's more fairy tale. There's a different kind of level, but it's just not a big horse, things.
1: But still, yeah. <laughs> still, still, for, depends on the fantasy.
0: But I figure if we just need a planter now of uh, Bambi searching for his mother and we'll just, our trauma will be oh, complete. Oh, no, no, no. That'll <laughs> break my heart. Yep. Well, it's time to get your redneck on and go to the trailer park.
1: Yay. Mama, now the gator got you in the house. Now the gator...
3: Give me that show! Come here! Oh. Oh. Get him off. Oh. Get that game! Ah. Ah. The Neverland Trailer Park.
0: All right, we're doing pretty good. We're keeping the show rolling as fast as possible. Now, uh, the odd thing is this uh, it's a little bit of a thing from Ahsoka, but by the time you hear this episode, uh, you'll probably be able to watch the first episode.
2: Everyone in the order knew Anakin Skywalker. Oh, he, he would about? live to see what he became. By the end of the Clone Wars, I walked away from him and the Jedi.
1: war you will face more than just droids as your master it's my responsibility
0: to prepare you i won't always be there to look out for you i could use the help once a rebel always a rebel don't be afraid don't trust your instincts i know you can do this ahsoka Two episode premiere is officially launching on the twenty third. Now, what's noticed? Hayden, yeah. Hayden Christensen. We get to see him and we hear him, like like she's flashing back to Anakin training her a little bit. It seems mm, neat that from what what because that's his voice you're hearing. What he's and he's talking about training. And so. the man,
1: the man they showed training her, he passed away. Uh, the man with the beard it showed, he passed away not long ago. He was, oh goodness, he, great actor. He played Punisher. Um, oh, a bad okay, movie. yeah, yeah, he's a and that ba- that he's a second movie. Punisher
0: movie, the War
3: Zone one, yeah. right? Yeah. It was
1: a bad movie, but he was a good choice for Punisher. Yeah, he I looked think. the part. Oh, he's a great actor. Uh, he was on the movie Rome, I think it was called, uh, on the, the miniseries mini series that really great actor. Um, he played a uh, oh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, basically, a warrior that they would put out there in the the uh, the uh, a gladiator gladiator yeah okay. thank you good thing but they put him out there and he was really great in that show i'm telling you he'd be out there and you see him fighting on i was like man that guy he looked like he was just made to be a gladiator he'd <laughs> be out there in the middle of the thing and i was like man that guy's built right. and so when i heard he's gonna play punisher i was like that guy that's perfect for him. and then i saw the movie And the movie was horrendous. But he was perfect. And he did the the part well, too. It's just it's a shame that the rest of me wasn't good.
0: Yeah. Uh, I still haven't finished watching Star Wars Rebels. So I'm hoping I can just jump and watch Ahsoka without being confused. Because Hera being back in there. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, I don't know, the animated series are good. And And a lot of the series of Star Wars... I, I can enjoy them, but I don't get as excited about them as I did, like, the original trilogy. It, it's, uh, they yeah. don't grip me, but I do enjoy those series,
1: yeah, even the do. animated.
0: But, I don't know, I, I, it doesn't hold my, in, uh, my attention long enough to keep watching. And now i am like I got, like, two seasons or something to watch, but I do want to get to the point, I want to see what happens between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, or just Maul, because yeah, he's no sure. longer Darth. I want to see that final confrontation I've seen pictures of, so nobody tells me what happens. I know Obi-Wan's going to live through it, but I kind of wonder, you know what happens in that. But uh, I'm interested to see some of the characters come around and it looks like some of the story they might have grabbed from uh, Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire. Looks like they're trying to bring some of that in. I don't know. But we'll it find like out. It. We'll find out and we'll check it out. So pretty excited to check it out. All right. Uh, there we go. And the next thing.
1: Here we All go. Right.
3: Welcome, class of Twins! <laughs> a new
1: class of twins is starting at Acme University.
0: Acme Loo is a place where twins come to
2: discover themselves as individuals.
1: Babs!
2: Buster! Oh, Who even ever been apart? Don't they know twins come as a pair? I go by Plucky. You, Buster Bunny, are first and foremost my rival. I could never do something that wonderfully cuckoo. Think funny thoughts! <laughs> you don't want to mess! with sweetie, T, bird. What's the T stand for? Thunder!
1: They'll be learning from the
2: very best. Are you ready to be in soon? Great job, update
1: kids. You have stopped toilet.
2: That's a chair.
1: To be the wackiest, <laughs> looniest tunes they can be. Was that funny? Tiny Toons Luniversity premieres September 9th at 9 on your Cartoon Network.
0: Okay, well, I don't have Cartoon Network anymore, but yes, Tiny Toons has been rebooted and they're aiming at kids, which is probably a good idea. Because us adults are probably the first thing we would notice, like, wait a minute, Buster and Babs are twins because remember their joke? Hi, I'm Buster Bunny. Hi, I'm Babs Bunny. No relation.
1: Yeah, because some of the running
0: <laughs> jokes was them that could make jokes about relationships and dating with them too, and now yeah. they're brother and sister. So I guess you can't do that joke anymore. No. So, but it looks <laughs> the like they're the same same kind of humor though that that uh, Tiny Toons had, and just whacking each other with with mallets or whatever. So yeah. I think kids are probably gonna enjoy this.
1: Now, Tiny Toons for the animation used to be a lot better, but uh, <laughs> I will say yeah. this. Because you know, I noticed that stuff. Yeah, but preach, uh, <laughs> and and Steven Spielberg was the producer of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, is Tiny Toons uh, came around and it first aired one uh, right when I became a, a freshman in high school uh, back then. And I got the reason I know that is because well, I got, I got a lot of personal reasons to remember it. But the very first episode I saw I dealt with Star Wars, and it was the very first day that they uh, that they were i uh, call them here in a little bit. Anyway, it was the very first day that they aired that. I had a. I was about to try it for football. And I was about to try it for football at high school. And I felt like the Lord was telling me not to. And so I walked all the way home knowing why God was telling me not to. And so when I found out later, the reason why was I had a brain tumor. And, then mm. I, and I saw that Tiny Toons was on. And I found out if I had been hit even once, I would have died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so thank God. And so Tiny Toons is connected to me personally. Yeah. And so that's why I always think about that. I think like, so. I remember that every day, the first day of Tiny Toons being yeah. on a Star Wars. It's so I was like, I fell in love with it right away. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, Tiny Toons was, like so, was sometimes funny to me, but Animaniacs yeah. to me was funnier. Tiny anime Toons, it seems like they didn't they didn't have the timing right for for hitting somebody over the head. It's just, if, yeah. if something just didn't it didn't quite have the same punch as Looney Tunes.
1: Plucky but was it was kind of fun. Yeah, of Plucky
0: was always fun. Water go down to hole, you know.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what I always think of. Yeah. But, but I got to say, Animaniacs was my favorite. Yes, the, loved the, Animaniacs. Because
0: it was more wordplay and not just relying solely on whacking each other over the head.
1: And it was also, they, there was a lot of education stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they also had, uh, it was based off a lot of the old classic uh Animation stuff, you know. Yeah, which they, was were, like they were they were supposed to be from the '30s. Yeah. You
0: know?
1: They were a lot more fun, and yeah. they came around when I was uh just you know a senior in high school. Actually, so, uh, actually
0: earlier than that, because uh, I think it was my sophomore year that I remember Animax. Because we were always quoting Animax. So it was my sophomore year in high school. I think it was it was mm-hmm. only maybe a year after Tiny Toons that Animax was on, yeah. and because mm, they cause well, they, they, were, they were like did the, like a whole hour of stuff, Uh
3: yeah. you know, and
0: then Batman the Animated Series oh, well, would come on way. after, yeah. Because I remember watching Animax early on because. uh or maybe, no, it might have been my junior year after all. Actually, I think it was my junior because I remember uh, yeah. Tatum was still around, and Tatum, I think, left yeah. after that and went to a different school. And actually, my, it was like my friend Tatum and everything, that I did some, I did a, a scene out of uh, Mice and Men in drama class, and then she left, uh, and actually, funny enough, dated one of my cousins. So, But I actually <laughs> ran into her again and found her on Facebook. She actually showed up at uh, somebody's wedding that I'm related to, and I can't remember whose wedding or whatever, but she was actually there. I was like, oh my gosh, Tatum, I haven't seen you since high school, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I just gotta remember that because she she was a real big fan of Animax and also of Jim Carrey during the times of *In Living Color*, and she loved to do her uh, far marshal will thing. <laughs> yeah. teeth, she would do that, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's why I always remember because she always was in was, uh, drama class. She would always be cracking up on stuff on Animax. So anyway, so the next now I, I've got a couple of trailers here that are game trailers that are stuff that has popped up today because of Gamescon. Uh, and this one I'm super excited for. Uh, I'm sure you haven't played Alan Wake, there, Philip. But those of you that played Alan Wake, Alan Wake Two, you know is coming. And so here's a full like storyboard, story style trailer for Alan Wake Two that's premiered today.
3: In a horror story, there are only victims and monsters, and the trick is not to end up as either, but trapped by the genre, we're all ripped to pieces along the way. No!
1: We have a great show for you here tonight. Alan Wake, one of my all-time favorite writers,
3: and this on the show. He's here to talk about his latest book. Initiation tells the story of a fictional writer named Alan Wake, who is trapped in a nightmare, desperately trying to find the manuscript of a novel he has forgotten he has written.
2: Did you write these pages, Mr. Wake? I'm
3: trying to remember it. You're the killer, the complete. No! You've got the wrong man!
1: It's my fault, they got oh. out.
3: Wake has a double. Where is he now? I don't want to be in the story just right, be out of the story.
0: October twenty seventh. Only thing is, I really thought, put my money to Huh? Yeah, they it looks like they filmed some live some more live people. Which Remedy has I really kind of had to do that. Was that. a
1: movie because I looked away for a minute and I looked back and I thought he was watching a movie preview for a oh, second. Oh no!
0: But they in they used a lot of live footage here. Remedy, the people who created Max Payne, which I don't know if you've ever played any of those, Phil, but they did make a movie based I off did. of that one.
1: Uh, yeah, I, and I watched the movie,
0: actually, too. The, the movie wasn't terrible. I, I kind of no, enjoyed it. That. It was kind of fun. But So Alan Wake in the first one, to kind of sum up, for those of you who are, who haven't played this, and I want to be careful and delicate. I don't want to spoil, because you should really play sure. it. They did remaster it for PS4. Uh, it basically tells the story of an author who has got some writer's block named Alan Wake, and he's kind of a, a horror thriller mystery writer. Him and his wife go off to this little town... And then, through mysterious circumstances, his wife disappears. He's in, he finds that he's been in some sort of accident, and he's noticed like people are possessed by this darkness, and the only way to get them out of them or, and to fight them is to shine a flashlight on them. And, but you're, you, know, you have to concentrate it, so it makes your, your batteries run your flashlight. So you're, every, every time they, uh, you're running around at night, because during the day you try to solve some of the mystery, then at night you kind of end up fighting for your life and shining a light on these people to weaken them so you can kill these possessed monster people. So it was really this thriller, and try to put it all together, and then by the end, in order to save his wife, to get her out of wherever she was, he had to trade places with her and go into this weird alternate dark dimension where he is now trapped because he can't get out unless somebody trades places with him. And along the way, he finds pages of a story that he supposedly wrote, but he doesn't remember writing them, and he hears all the stories about this other author that's supposed to be real, but yet nobody knows who this other author was, but this author apparently previously disappeared. And the cool thing is there's another game Remedy made called Control, which was fun to play. It actually had some DLC where you find out it's in the same universe as Alan Wake. And it deals with the fact that Alan Wake is trapped somewhere. But this alternate version of Alan has come out. There's a name for him, but like this villain who looks just like him, but he's like an evil doppelganger. And that person who they're talking about has been released into the real world. And to make things really weird, they're talking about Alan Wake as a character and not as being a real person here in this trailer. So I mean, there's so much uh, weird stuff going. Oh, but uh, it's uh, that's weird. It was so much fun. Uh, it was a really difficult game because you know you working around the mechanic of having to shine your flashlight on something and hold it for a while until you brought you know you you weakened their the dark entity that was possessing people before you could actually kill them. Uh, and of course, he's being accused of, of murdering people. It's like no, these people were like they were like weird dark zombies, except for they all can still talk and they're stuck at whatever point that they were. So like a, a mechanic will will holler weird mechanic things at you. As he's trying to hit kill you with a crowbar, uh, I mean, at one point a guy chases you with a chainsaw. I mean, it's 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 like suspense. It's like a horror, but it's not like graphic, bloody horror. It's more mindful. Uh, and but the, the original Alan Wake was great, and we've waited a long time for this sequel. Uh, and I'm super excited for it, but unfortunately it's coming out here in October where I've already put all my money into buying Spider-Man 2, so that's what I'll be playing, so I'll have to wait for Alan Wake 2, but I'm super excited to go and see what sort of mysteries and see if Alan can get himself out of this dark dimension uh, where he's trapped, because basically he how the, the, the pages, I don't want to spoil too much here, but how the pages that you find of this novel that's like he's apparently, he's written, but every time he reads something, whatever he just read happens. And it turns out every, everything he's reading is being written by himself in the dark dimension, trying to write his way out of the story so he can escape. So it's like stuff he's, that he hasn't written yet, but yet he has. So it's like weird. And a lot of people, they were saying that this was really inspired by like Twin Peaks, which I never watched that series. But it's like that weird small town where a mysterious things going on. But maybe nobody really believes Alan Wake when he's trying to tell them what's going on. Except for his his publicist or agent or whatever comes along trying to help, it's like, "What your wife's missing? Well, I'm coming to help." And
1: uh, the Peaks was ahead fun. of its time, really.
0: That's what I've heard. I feel like I need to watch it because yeah. I really enjoyed this game, and I'm thinking I That's probably would like that series.
1: I'll tell you that.
0: Oh, but I'm super, super, super excited for that game. <laughs> that and of course you know Resident Evil or, or um, Final, Final Fantasy uh, Rebirth coming next year. And here's something I didn't know much about. I, I don't still don't really know anything. But it's got my interest, and this is kind of a story trailer for a game called Quantum Error, where you play a firefighter, I think in the future, who goes to put out a fire and finds a lot more than he bargained for. Dark sci-fi, man. It's going to be mature, so I don't know how much coverage we'll give it, but I wanted to show this to Philip.
1: Always ready. that day
3: I was not ready to lose you. But I
2: will not give up. Whenever
3: I am called to duty and wherever the flames rage grant me the strength.
1: save another life. Even though I could not save you. Help me to hear the faintest shout. Give me courage.
3: And please help me to put every fire out.
2: Facility, tech, that artifact gets into the wrong hands, there may not be anyone left to save.
1: The fireman mocks my powers.
0: Ago, but yeah it's coming in november and i i I thought it was supposed to be in the future, but now it looks like as a fireman he's he's a modern day fireman who's it's like he's thrown into this alien world after he's going to reply- responding to this fire and i it looks just weird and wild and i'm I'm very intrigued by what's going on in the story of this game, so I kinda want to check this out
1: it's hard to say what's what it is it's uh, yeah, it, it does look one thing I like about video games nowadays, though, depending on what you're playing, it it um, it looks like you're living out of film.
0: Mm hmm. They can do so much more now that now you get to play through an entire story. And, and where a movie might end in two hours, you can go on mm. adventures for 40 hours now <laughs> to yeah, tell a longer, complex on story. The
3: movie,
1: or the, the game, yeah.
0: Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people at 40 hours think they've been cheated and didn't get enough for their money's <laughs> worth. Yeah. But I that just looks very weird and wild and i i love the the character's attitude he's got that fireman's attitude especially you know to go in to go out it's like i'm not leaving anybody behind and if i you know please let me hear a sound give me courage and let me hear the sound so i can save anybody i can it's like i love that that's the mentality of, of the, our, our hero so okay but it's time to get some movie reviews so uh first we're going to jump into blue beetle Oh, want to see a movie yeah pretty good it was bad i'm fuzzy
1: on the whole good bad thing my eyeballs could have been sucked from their socket i like it a lot the best movie ever made a, a fandom, fandom nexus, nexus movie
0: review all righty so i have a special guest now with me that y'all are gonna you're gonna love her. she's just a she's just a hoot uh, the fun thing is you're hearing this i've already recorded the review. So, but you're going to hear a review for DC's The Blue Beetle. Actually, I guess it's just Blue Beetle. Uh, but if you want to hear the whole thing, because we got a little, we got a little spoiler, I'll, I'll I'll warn you now. But if you want to hear the complete review and this conversation that went on for like an hour, you're going to have to go listen to this really fun show, Nerds and Jesus, hosted by Mary Owl. Hi, Mary.
2: Hey.
0: So this hey. is Mary.
2: <laughs> this is me
0: so you so have excited. this this fun show nerds and jesus which uh i have you know, just heard when you fairly new show right
2: fairly new we're about i say i always say we because i feel like it's a whole community thing yeah we're, just, we're all in this podcast together i'm just hosting it and talking and babbling you too yeah. um <laughs> yeah we we're about five months old started back in march mid-march and um have released every week since so nice yeah
0: and it's good to have yeah, that consistency. That's something I'm working on getting back.
2: <laughs> Sorry, yeah, y'all, that's... for not having
0: an episode that you don't have a gap there, but I have personal reasons <laughs> finally. So,
2: okay, I did miss one, I have to admit. It happens. I, I was traveling and I was like, it was, I was the beginning of it. I was like, okay, I got I got to get on it. But yeah, no, it's a, yeah, we're, a, I, I, that's kind of how I always, I always have a different guest every episode. Um, sometimes it's repeat, but different subject. And we, talk everything of just um, all nerd things, but also like seeing it through a Christian perspective. Um, and also, well, I mean, a lot of different subjects and interviewing a lot of different folks as well. Uh, yeah, I just actually just interviewed um, Bible X from the new Gate Zero video game that's coming out. Oh, neat. Of, yeah, of yeah I need to talk to them. Yeah. So, yeah, I just uh, got to talk to them and they will be coming up soon. But yeah, we're just, we're just a lot of different subjects with uh, all thing nerds related through Christian Perspective. So if that's your niche also, since you're also listening to this podcast as well, you know, with with Jeremy. So um, welcome. Welcome, nerds. Yes. Oh, indeed. Yes. <laughs> we'll join the club.
0: So oh, and here's <laughs> here's kind of the fun thing. And I had to bring this up because when I when I was talking to you, I realized, oh, your initials, MEH, meh. Which is funny, especially if you're a, like a glo- I'm sure you've heard that before, especially if you're a oh, yeah. Glove and Boots fan and you're familiar with Gorilla and the only word he ever says is meh. But here's what's yeah. funny is you're meh. Now, if you put my wife's initials before mine, it comes out to has juniors. LOL. Yeah. The funny part is, is we don't have any children, so I don't have any juniors. I have cats. But yeah, I, I don't want to change my initials. Our pets are our children. Uh, yeah. That's what I tell people. I say I get to celebrate Father's Day because I'm a father of right now three cats. That works. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a pet dad. The only part it would I was be weird. my mother's
2: day. I was like, oh, my dog. Yeah.
0: And the only part that gets weird to me is when I see people that when they have children and pets and then they refer to their pet as that's your brother or your sister. That feels weird to me. <laughs> I mean, I understand <laughs> being great. a pet parent because I have to literally take care of them. But uh, my brother's sisters didn't have to take care of me that way. So it sounds weird. Yeah. yeah so I wouldn't I, if I had children, I wouldn't put them in that. They would be, well, this is your this is your buddy. And they're my, like my yeah. other children, my pet children, my fur babies, but they're not the same as a human <laughs> child. And I wouldn't want to put them on the same level. If I had a human child, it'd be very different from my, my fur babies. There's a difference there. Definitely. But yeah, I, I thought that was funny when I was like, huh, her initials are met and ours is has juniors. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh at stupid stuff every once in a while. <laughs> I've had reviews that said we were funny, so I'm going with that. There you go. Somebody must like yeah. it. And, you know, hey, you got what you pay for and you're listening for free. There you go. Exactly. But anyways, exactly. let's get into this review. And I tell you what, y'all, Mary has a great perspective on this because, well, she'll tell you here in a little bit. Yeah. And it's a very interesting. Like Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, when they started to do some work over with DC, uh, Jack Kirby had a lot of characters he loved working with in Marvel. So you'll notice DC has a few characters that mirror uh, some of the characters that Jack Kirby had worked on in Marvel. He'll bring them over to DC. And heck, watching this movie, I was thinking Iron Man a lot.
2: <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that I think that's one of the things. That, yeah, like non spoiler review. I mm-hmm. think, um, well, one thing I, I got really, really excited about is because you know, in the films, the actual, um, let me pull up, make sure I have all the info correctly, but, um, you know, the Blue Beetle originally, you know, is from El Paso, Texas hmm. in the comics. And, um, so I'm from El Paso, Texas and I grew up on the border. I'm Mexican American. Like I, the movie was in Spanglish basically. And my, <laughs> yeah. my heart was so happy because, you know, so Blueby, like the film, you know, changed, uh, jaime reyes is like city compared you know to his original comic book lore which is el paso texas and so mm. um but that's why they had uh you know you you kind of see a little ode to it later but yeah. um in it so i was so excited because i was like it's el paso and i'm on i mean i grew up there my family's <laughs> in Cuadras, Me- in mexico on the border and just exactly the family the way his family is is how my family is and it yeah. makes my heart so happy versus minus a lot of the more of the cussing in Spanish, which you, no one really caught because the English translation didn't really do it. But there right. was. But because um, a lot of my family is Christian. So we don't really cuss <laughs> so as they're much. Like,
0: oh, they're cussing in Spanish.
2: But um, honestly, I think, you know, and that's what I'm curious. This is going to be a really interesting and unique review just because. Here, you know, from my perspective, being Latina and being from the actual city where he's based out of, you know, technically, but also having you on here where you're able to see from an outsider. And I mean, like, really, like from, you know, a non-Mexican American, like, I'm curious about y'all's reviews because the reviews are going to be different because I think... And then I see both sides of it of everyone else like Latinos who are really excited, really excited about it, and they loved mm-hmm. it. Versus the other side, it's kind of like you know, it's kind of your average superhero movie sometimes, you know. But um, yes, yeah, so I'm I'm curious to see. Oh, I goodness. I really I enjoyed it. You know, I, I did. You know, there's some cliches for sure in the film sure. that you know as you see in normal. But um, I don't know. I I absolutely I really liked it. Mm-hmm. We I cried. I oh, laughed. Yeah. I. Um, Obviously, these are non-spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, definitely go watch it. But, you know.
0: um, That's one thing I really uh, and some will say that I have maybe a stereotype in my head because, like, I have never met a a Filipino or Filipina that wasn't the sweetest person ever. And I've never met any, any Mexican that wasn't huge on their family. That is that is most uh, super mm. respectable thing that they family is super, super exactly. important. And seeing that in this movie where family was such a great dynamic. Oh, my goodness. That's something I feel like is missing out of a lot of movies where you have this great family dynamic. And every member remember the family was so different. And oh, my gosh, George Lopez cracked me up. He's so funny in this.
2: But uh, nominal. Sh- <laughs> Honestly, I was kind of weary. I was kind of weary, you know, with George Lopez and I guess we haven't seen him in a lot of stuff, but he was great. <laughs> he was
0: so. And I love the fact his, his like mullet and that beard. Uh, my buddy Philip was saying he looked like Captain Lou Albano, which might be before your time. <laughs> I don't know. But he, but he had some of the best lines and he was so funny and he was so relatable to the way he could react to everything, yeah. but it yet felt natural. Uh, yes. I thought his sister was kind of a jerk at times, but I'm like, you know, that's a sibling thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but oh, it, they. I I loved all the members of his family, and it, that's one of the things I've, I felt that uh, that made Shazam such a strong movie. Is such that's a great family dynamic that it's like that's what that's how this works, and you have the, or the where it's not just the character who's now become the superhero, but the family being supportive of that.
2: Exactly, uh, and the, I honestly it reminded oh, it me of good. Shazam because of the family aspect yes. of it, mm-hmm. and like also. Um, You know, we've been so I think this past couple of years, honestly, Shazam really broke that stereotype of DC's films of being more on that dark side of it. Yeah. Very dark. Very. I mean, not just like, you know, the storyline, but also even the cinematography behind it. And I think, you know, going into, you know, Shazam, it kind of opened us like, oh, there's a whole side of DC that we just haven't seen yet on film. If you haven't seen, obviously, if you haven't seen the TV shows, because I love The Flash and I love The Arrow and all them, you know, and um I, you know, I, I I I've enjoyed watching all that, but seeing you know at least this one brought a, a lighter, fun comedy, you know, to it a little bit. Um, but yeah, it it was really well, and I, you know, even with Blue Beetle, the character, I first time I was introduced really to Blue Beetle, like on I I did not really much read much of the comics of Blue Beetle, but I watched Young Justice a lot. So he's in the animated show, Blue Beetle in it.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Um,
2: and so and a lot of some of the animated series. And so that's kind of where yeah. I was introduced to him originally. Um, and so that's yep. why my, I was like, oh, it's El Paso, you know, just like that. Yep. So but seeing like the, not just the, for, my, yeah, for me, again, not just the first Mexican superhero, but like the first El Pasoan, in, like he's <laughs> from my city. Like that's where I grew up, you know, yeah. and I went to high school and I and all my family. So um, yeah so yeah. there's definitely a heart of this this movie and oh even, yeah I, and and like, I, even, I love even Jaime I, I loved it, it. <laughs> I
0: mean because I, I I had heard of the Blue Beetle I knew he existed but I you know make mine Marvel Um, and I think the first time I've ever seen I, seeing, I, I it might have been Young Justice it's been a long time since I watched Young Justice but I remember watching that but also I remember Batman the Brave and the Bold he came in and there but he always felt like you know that young kid and he's got a and even in this movie, he's got that that Peter Parker thing where he's he's kind of young and he's just uh, trying to get to, uh, get his hands around this responsibility of having this tremendous amount of power that's just kind of lands on him that he was just not expecting and and dealing with that and uh, I think even Brave and the Bold is kind of fun where they have ben, Batman kind of mentors him and there's even a, a great episode where he got in there where and I, and I love that this. Uh, it it, it it is dealt with a little bit in the movie of the choice to because it, it one I think it was a brave and the bold where at one point Blue Beetles kind of questioning Batman why don't if you know if we killed these people they wouldn't keep coming back and mm-hmm. so he, he, he in the animated series he learns from Batman like no you know we we don't kill and I I don't want to say too much but that was a very interesting feature in the the film yeah. as well where you that there's that line of like you know how to be a hero and despite all the horrible things the villain does. To even Jaime's family, he he doesn't cross that line like, oh, that's that's the type of positive thing. Thank you. It uh, it reminds me a lot
2: of The Flash, I think, um, when I watched that series, like obviously other films said, but like I remember like I just really brought me back to The Flash of like that was his whole whole thing of like we just don't kill. Right. Don't kill. You know, it's it's showing that you were like you you're saying complete opposite of batman and it's complete opposite side of him like we just we're, that is not who we are yeah. and um yeah absolutely loved it but um i'm going to jump we're going to jump over to spoilers cuz it's really hard not okay. to spoil anything right now <laughs> all i was like you've been i, so many <clears throat> I was like so <clears throat> if you have not listeners if you have not watched the film go uh pause right now and go watch the uh the movie and then come back and keep playing yeah so trade your tickets uh, for barbie
0: in and get blue beetle tickets instead <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly <laughs> all right spoil uh spoilers in three two one all right oh here we my are. goodness <laughs> okay so i don't know if you well i guess i'm I, I, a lot of, a lot of things happen in this film oh yeah um, oh my goodness i guess for me i got really excited about the easter eggs of el chapulín that they talk about the you know the animated that they oh. had on it.
0: So, so that was a real thing.
2: So that I grew up with El Chapulin, and also, so El, Chavo, so El Chavo del Ocho is, um, is actually a show and that aired like in seventies and stuff like that. And what happened was that it's the show El Chavo del Ocho is, is it, it's just a, it's a, it's a comedy and everything, but they, mm. they watch a television show of the superhero of a Mexican superhero uh, like it's like a parody of superhero show kind of thing. It's uh, called El, Ch- El Chapulín Colorado, and that is what the show, the animated show that they were showing oh, on it. It's so so like cool. it's exactly. And I got I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and because uh, I grew up like watching El Chavo del Ocho and, and you know knowing of um, El Chapulín and everything, like just going over to my grandma's house growing up as a kid, and like even seeing it. Like every time we go over across the border and go to Mexico, like that was what my grandmother always or we would always watch the show. There was no cable, so we would that's what that's what we would watch, and yes. it showed up in the middle of it. And our my sister and I looked at each other we were like, Oh my gosh, oh. did you stick um, around
0: for the end credits? Uh, because they yes. came back at the very end, yeah, yeah <laughs> yes. exact, I, I that's so sexy.
2: <laughs> I, Well, it's funny because the guy who was in the, when they started playing that show, you know, just to get inside to Mm -hmm. block the security cameras, the guy's like, oh, look at (laughs) Chapulín. It's like, (laughs) you know, and um, yeah. So that was like my favorite, I think, Easter egg of this, including a Mexican, like, like television show that we all grew up with growing up. Oh, neat. Up. So I think that was really cool. And that makes me uh, curious because they, they kept
0: referencing, I don't know if it was a song or a TV show or, or something where with the, the, it's like, oh, the, the the white person comes, the rich white person comes to the poor Mexican or something. They kept talking about something. And then, and I was like, well, what are they talking about? Is that actually, was that a thing? Because I, I even saw something it? like there was something about a song in the credits that I saw that I was like, that sounds like what they were talking about where it was like, because they say, oh, this is just like, da, 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 da. oh, yeah. And then they, they get all excited about uh, it. I'm like, I feel like I'm missing something.
2: Oh,
3: because um, were there was like, Jenny also a up, reference
2: you know. to um, an opera, like a telenovela. Um, they kind of got, made an ode to that as well on the show called um, Maria La, De, uh, La del Barrio. Yeah,
0: that's the one. And I was wondering, like, is that a real thing?
2: then Yes, it is. So it's a cla- so it's a reference to a classic telenovela, um, and that one premiered like it's a Mexican telenovela from nineteen ninety five, and so it was really popular. I didn't watch it, but I knew of it. So like I I didn't really understand as much of the jokes from the actual show, but I never I never watched it myself. But I know like my family and some people who did. Um, but yeah, it's like it's a it's just a character, you know, who's born very poor with no one to take care of her and then later wel- is welcome to a rich family. And, uh, you know, and, and then cha- it just changed her lives, her lives completely. And then so that's why like Jaime's family joked about how Jaime's relationship with Jenny made oh, him like wow. the Maria de la bar- uh, uh, la del barrio, which is a, of the story going from a poor neighborhood to the halls of the mighty cord industries kind of thing. Oh. you know. And I,
0: and I I kind of got that that was what they're going about but I was like but what are they referencing I don't get it so I was like see I'm, yeah. I'm glad and that, so that's I cool. think that's one of
2: the things that i i loved it but also i wish it translated for those who didn't really know spanish because a lot of the subtitles just did not do it justice at all like some of the things that they would say is so funny in spanish that it just doesn't translate in english like even like some it would say like it would translate in english but like we're laughing so hard but it's funny because it was just my sister and i are probably the only like probably mexicans in in the theater (laughs) because everyone else was silent while we were laughing out loud to like moments i was like i guess no one else caught it we were just it's just funny um you know and it's just the way it's just it just for me and my I know my mom. My mom's also from um El Paso and Juarez, Mexico, and my dad too. And so I told them afterwards my sister and I saw, it, like, okay, we're taking you again to see it next week. I'm telling all my friends, <laughs> everyone needs to see this. who's from El Paso, like at least just to see, like, we have a you know, superhero, but um but overall, like I it definitely what you were saying had an Iron Man vibe.
0: Yeah, big time, big time Iron Man, especially when you when he goes into references the the second Blue Beetle, uh Ted uh and Ted I got Cord. the news. Ted Cord, thank you very much for some Because I know a Ted Yoder and my brain keeps wanting to say that. Uh, but yeah, Ted Cord was like the second one, which was the fun part is that is uh, my buddy Philip, who I had with me, who's also my pastor. Uh, I've known him since I was seven. That was his favorite iteration of the Blue Beetle. And he said, like, the really? first guy wasn't really around that long. And then uh, Ted Cord came along and was yeah, kind of so the main Dan one. And
2: Dan Garrett was the first Blue Beetle. There you go. Yeah. And uh, he appeared, yeah, the 1939s Mystery Men comics, number one. You know, as the masked hero, Blue Beetle, and then twenty years later is kind of where, um, you know where, uh, yeah. where we are now. But yeah, uh, that, uh,
0: I always get my ages wrong, but I call it like the golden age where, where things really popped uh, when like you had the Avengers and the X Men and the stuff in the sixties, and like you've got like newer versions and everybody gets updated. And then, of course, DC like rebooted themselves in the eighties uh, to mm-hmm. give a slightly different origin to Superman. And you know I
2: really love the ode. Like I never watched like you know the the head cord version of like blue beetle and stuff like that but i really love the O to it of like yeah. the, the the costumes the layer, the beetle mobile
0: thing whatever the, the flying beetle.
2: exactly like i think i even though i you know i wasn't as familiar with it i can appreciate it and i think anyone who like who is remembers at least from or is really into like collecting comics from dc like i think even seeing that um, would make any person happy, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was, was really cool about, um, having, you know, Ted core, you know, he's a second blue beetle in DC's comics history mm-hmm. and to have him as a part of this. And yeah. you know, Jaime Reyes didn't really come out of his version until, until 2006. So, um, seeing that kind of like come together was really cool to see. And obviously at the very end, spoilers, you know, um, yeah. if you're, this is already yeah. spoilers You're already here. Um, Which, but, you oh, know,
0: this is kind of a funny <laughs> he's alive. Con- yeah, funny conversation uh, that Philip had because Philip, loving that iteration, uh, the Ted Kord used to team up frequently with Booster Gold. And he was he was talking about he'd always imagined Booster Gold would be great if ever played by Owen Wilson. And Ooh. so I thought, you know, because we didn't get to see Ted Kord's face. So they could cast just about anybody. So how much fun would it be if they get somebody like Ben Stiller and they get Owen Wilson and Booster Gold shows up? <laughs> that would be yes. fun. And Booster Gold, I think, did show up in Batman, Batman the Brave and the Bold. And he's a very fun character, uh, very much an egomaniac. Uh, so that would actually be kind of fun to do, you know, bring those two characters in uh, and just expand the like the like this newer DC universe. Because from what I've been hearing, James Gunn does want to keep humming around. Exactly. with the new stuff I'm like please do because I love Zolo anyway from from Cobra Kai so when I first yeah. saw the first trailer and I saw Zolo when there was like oh, dude
2: dude it's Miguel yeah. it's Miguel so
0: I, I was oh, yeah, pretty yeah, excited yeah. for that uh, and then seeing later George Lopez with his, his one line that was funny in the trailer was ah, Batman's a fascist
2: well it's funny <laughs> because funny. the trailer doesn't do it justice no to kidding. be honest Oof. I think there was so many parts of this film that I I was trying to show my friend of, of she's also from El Paso and I was showing her you need to see it so I was like the trailer doesn't do it justice so you just got to see it in person yeah um but yeah that's what's cool about i think at least for this one it's it's a it's a i'm worried a little bit just because you know we won't i don't know how many people are going to go watch this film because there hasn't been as much i don't think there's been as much um media coverage or marketing over this film as other dc films has been in the past but yeah james Gunn's you know DC universe like they he he said like this is he wants this to be a part of the new franchise so
0: yeah i, uh, I, have, I have faith in james gunn of what, what when he talks about superman i finally want to see because i didn't have a problem with henry cavell as superman i thought he looked great he and he's great. a great actor amazing. I love but him. the way they wrote superman was not good superman can yeah. be in a dark area but he himself cannot be dark or he's just not superman yeah. You know, Batman is exactly. dark. Superman is never dark. Superman is the light in the darkness. And I really don't feel like they captured that. And to hear James Gunn talk about what he wants to do with Superman, I'm like, oh, finally, I feel like we're going to get back to the Christopher Reeve like I grew up with. Of Christopher Reeve was my Superman and always will be. Uh, and that's... I mean, that, that's like my early years was like Superman and then Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And who would have known that mm-hmm. the bigger influence of my life would have been Spider-Man and his amazing friends as I later got into being a yeah. Spider-Man. But uh, well, there so, were so
2: many references yeah. to DC. Like they reference mm-hmm. uh, Metropolis is, has, you know, Metropolis has Spider-Man. You know, Uncle Rudy says later, you know, yeah, Metropolis and has like, Superman,
0: you mean <laughs> you got Spider-Man in I mean, the brain? i Spider-Man. Oh, my gosh. Superman, it's my fault. i Spider-Man. I know.
2: <laughs> I know. My yeah. And, and seeing the LexCorp you know, building.
0: That was yes. out there and I was like, oh, I was, I was, I, I, I'm glad it wasn't a fully packed theater because I was nudging Philip on point like, oh, 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 look, look, look. You know, because all the stuff that I know of DC. i seen stuff show up like that's cool. It's like he was really it's fully integrated and, and the things that were yes. getting mentioned. Uh, and, and and one thing I do still have some faith in this movie because I'm, I'm thinking way back 2008 Iron Man. I'm surprised there was people who didn't know who Iron Man was, but they 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 checked this movie out and loved it. And I feel like okay, if people will give Blue Beetle the chance, even if they're like, I don't know Blue Beetle. It's like, well, you didn't know Iron Man at the time. You didn't know a lot of yeah. characters that you loved from the first couple of phases of Marvel. Give him a chance, and you're gonna love this. Especially, exactly. it's funny, it's heartfelt, uh, and really, uh, like I said, Jaime does remind me of Peter Parker. He even has his father is I, I saw when his father came around. Me, I was like, honestly, there's his uncle Ben right there.
2: Yes, so that he I always said the right thing and that, i thought about that the whole time like he's gonna die someone's yeah, gonna die I knew, because I, I, it's but he has his whole family oh, they're all fine well even yeah, miles morales yeah. like has that kind of you know um I, I think that's what with jaime you know he he feels very it's comedic he's funny like he mm-hmm. has that definitely like spider-man mixed with iron man a little bit mm-hmm. um and what's also you know i i pointed this out because my uh my, my sister is a lawyer so like you know i, I immediately see law and i saw his t-shirt and his sweater saying <laughs> yes Bath. gotham oh, law. gotham <gasps> yep gotham law I loved it. and uh, gotham law university and i was like oh, what? Yeah, you know I mean, and well, i was like so you know batman's definitely obviously a reference like you know yeah. we see that and Jaime, you know he i guess he went to college in gotham city yeah and the third blue beetle you know usually has some sort of connection to batman in comics and other right. adaptations so like that's what really makes me excited because i think um, from here, you know, it says like DC property, you know, outside of comics was in Batman, the brave and the bold as mm-hmm. one of the first heroes Batman teamed up with in the show. So, um, yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Like, I I really loved the ode to like other um, characters in it because I think it even helped tie it for all, the rest of us together. Yeah. Um, even like Central City was mentioned, yep. you know, uh, like Central City has the Flash, you know, and I'm like, ah, the Flash, you know, like, um. <laughs> Obviously, but have you, I mean, did you hear what, like, The Flash was, like, the lowest rating oh. superhero movie that's ever came, come out before. And so but they, I had a lot of fun watching not it. Great. It was, know. I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm really easy to please. That's the thing. Like, that's not I'm such happy a bad with thing. anything. I watch Hallmark movies, and I'm fine with it. So <laughs> that just kind of shows my, so um, if you're listening to this review, maybe it's not so great, you know, but it's fine. We're here to talk about it. Right. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I thought that was really cool to see that. Um, uh, I guess a part of it also, and I, and I had the discussion with my sister was there might have been just too much, um, more of the slangs and stuff, a little overkill in my book. Just, I think they were really trying to portray their Mexican kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, if you haven't caught it by now, you know, and, um, but there was a lot of slangs I really like enjoy. So, uh, the, uh, the, father my brain is not remembering his name I'm pulling it up names because i don't remember things that's
0: why i bring um, up imdb yes
2: yeah, so alberto you know he would tell his son flaco uh. and um which means skinny
0: oh and, okay
2: yeah and so that's a lot of things like that and like at least in mexican culture like i i'll have a lot of cousins like we call one of my cousins flaca and um and stuff like that which is just normal it's just part of it like <laughs> which is, eh, there's a whole problem with that in itself but you know <laughs> just how it is um but you know, um cabezón, You know, he'll say cabezón like Rudy would say it, and cabezón just means big-headed.
0: <laughs> oh, <'cause laughs> so. I, I, th- I, I. Other times I thought because isn't the word for heart, which I've heard of, you know, a lot. Of, corazón. Yeah. So that's what I I'm saying. I heard that, but he
2: said cabezón, which just means oh. like big-headed, like big head, you kind of thing. Because I, I was hey, thinking everything is like thing. my
0: heart, like I, you know, like I love you, your family. It's like my corazón. I. That's what I was no. thinking of it. So it was so, like cabezón, oh, wow. like
2: hey, big head over here kind of oh, thing. Oh,
0: wow. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's why it's so much funnier. Like, there was things that they didn't translate either, that a little saying. Yeah.
0: Um, I noticed that. I like, but, they said something like, and I've looked down at the bottom of the screen like, wait,
2: I you know. It's not here. Yeah, no. Um, it's like Uncle I studied Rudy in high school, really but great. I wasn't
0: good at it. <laughs> go. All right. So bef- before you leave us there, there, meh, <laughs> <Not very laughs> well, you, you have to tell us where, where can people find you and where can people find nerds in Jesus?
2: Yes. We are everywhere. Um nerdsandjes.com. Yeah. Nerds is so, everywhere and Jesus
0: is omnipresent. So yes, you're everywhere. Exactly. You
2: everywhere. Um, NerdsandJesus.com. Um and on there it will take you to all of all the fun things. We got a merch store, we got a Patreon page, um, all of our social media, nerds and Jesus Podcast. Um, but also all the links to social media is also on the website. So if you just want to like direct a link to it, best way. Also on TikTok. So fun thing, you know. Um, yeah, so we're in um don't have a Twitter actually, but I joined on the threads train. So I'm over there too now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody hopped on and yeah. jumped right back off.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I totally there. I do post there too, but um, I'm more active on Instagram and TikTok. Um, Instagram reels. Um, is fun too. That's like kind of reels. Meme reels is kind of my thing. A lot of it on, on online, but uh, yeah. So just find us over there. Nerds and
0: Now is that with the word and when they go to the website or they need an ampersand?
2: And like A-N-D. The
0: A-N-D. Okay, good to clarify, because I think when I yeah. on your podcast, you have the ampersand on your logo, if I remember correctly. Yes. So.
2: But like, technically, you can't th- do that when you make a website. Yeah, so. I guess
0: not. You can't use those <laughs>
2: things. They tell you to
0: put fancy symbols in your password, but you can't put it on a
2: website. Why? Nah, Why? No, nah. so no, it doesn't work. No, nah, It's uh, probably yeah, stuff I'm not supposed to
0: question, but I do it
2: anyway. Good, join the community. Yes, there. I join the community. community. Come and join us. Join Be us. a
0: nerd who loves Jesus.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I uh, actually just did a actually uh, did a what's it called? Uh, Added a new shirt through our merch site that says I'm a nerd who loves Jesus. There you go. So there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks for coming by the show today and sharing. Yeah, Yeah, your insights are fantastic. I really I learned some stuff. I'm like, oh, so now next time I watch it, I'm gonna be like, this I can't wait to tell Philip some of the stuff I've learned now. I'm like, oh hey,
1: you know the little ch little guy? That's a real thing.
2: I could be your Latina correspondent. There we
0: go. So, all,
2: so this is what this means. <laughs>
0: I, I feel like we have a need to have a cocoa viewing somehow, or another.
2: Oh, I don't man. know. I might have to think oh. of a thing. I'll just keep crying. Yeah. I, I don't want to cry again. Okay. But <laughs> your perspectives tingly, on Coco so. would
0: probably be different. I mean, probably there's yeah. stuff that you're going to get out of it that I didn't. I mean, I knew so mm-hmm. you know, because I remember when we studying Spanish and, and stuff, we did talk about the Day of the Dead yeah. and all that stuff. And I learned a lot about the Day of the Dead, you know, even covering that, that yeah. movie. But uh, you're going to have a different perspective and you're going to know things that I would not have caught that I, they probably threw in there. Like, I can't remember, oh, but yeah. they, I remember there was a specific ooh, specific thing like the, the different different colored banners that were going across the streets yep. have meaning and purpose. Yeah. And I forgot what that was, but I remember looking it up and I thought, oh, that's really cool. And I that even yeah. come up this week. I was watching, you know, I'm I'm getting maybe some early October vibes, but I was watching some people that were touring around like Terrytown for like Sleepy Hollow. And they went into this uh like little restaurant pub thing and up on one side because they was doing all this Halloween kind of stuff, but they had a Day of the Dead display and they had some of those banners hanging up. I'm like, oh, hey, those are those banners they mean something and i was like i, I wish i remembered <laughs> but it's i mean there's a really really neat. i just mean, need to learn about different culture things it's always interesting because oh, yeah. you get different perspective of stuff it's really kind of cool so yeah.
2: yeah so but yeah definitely unique perspective i think having both of us on it from mm-hmm. both ends seeing it in with new set of eyes mm-hmm.
0: yeah definitely different different set of eyes definitely helps
2: yeah
0: <laughs> Now, I got some assistance here from some AI scripting to help me get some some uh, some history of the Blue Beetle as far as the comics. So let me just read this. What uh, what I actually got using some AI assistance. Our tale begins in 1939 amidst the golden age of comics created by Charles Nicholas Wodkowski, oh, I don't know how to say this, Wodkowski, writing under the name Charles Nicholas, the first Blue Beetle, Dan Garrett, burst forth in Mystery Men comics number one. Garrett, a police officer, donned a blue suit and utilized the unique serum to gain incredible strength and agility. His crime-fighting escapades, battling gangsters and spies paved the way for the endearing legacy of the Blue Beetle. As we fast-forward to the Silver Age of comics, a new chapter unfolds. In 1966, Steve Ditko and writer Gary Friedrich resurrected Blue Beetle with a fresh persona, Ted Kord. Unlike his predecessor, Kord relied on his brilliant mind and ingenious gadgets to combat evildoers. Oops, I almost jumped ahead. Oh, goodness. There we go. Korn's quick wit and endearing personality made him a fan favorite, including Philip, leaving an indelible mark even after his tragic fate in the Crisis on Infinite Earths event. But the Blue Beetle saga continued its evolution. In 2006, Keith Giffen, John Rogers, and Cully Hammer introduced us to Jaime Reyes. Fusing with an ancient scarab amulet, Reyes gained a powerful suit and extraordinary abilities. Jaime's journey was a testament to his struggle for control and self-discovery, resonating with readers through his relatable challenges. As time marched on, Blue Beetle remained a steadfast presence across DC storylines, adaptations, and crossovers. A character with such diverse incarnations demonstrates the timeless allure of the Blue Beetle Narrative from Dan Garrett's courageous beginnings to Ted Cord's inventive heroism and Jaime Reyes' inspiring voyage, Blue Beetle stands as a symbol of the ever evolving superhero realm. And you were telling me, Phil, that you were mainly a big fan, like a lot of other people, of Ted Cord.
1: Yes, yeah, I I grew up now. I, I had a, a couple books that would talk more about the original. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Dan Garrett, uh, uh well, Dan wait a Garrett's. Minute,
0: or, yeah, Dan Garrett, I think, was I just was that who I was just saying, yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, but he was—he looked to me like basically a cheap knockoff version of the Phantom, the <laughs> original one. And uh, he really did. He was like wearing blue with the black mask and and the red belt uh, apparently. Wear a belt, and that's basically it. He just—he looked like the Phantom to me. And uh, but then whenever they brought out uh, Ted's, he—I loved him. I'd read him. I, I used to go to this place called the Paperback Rack. Oh, I remember and, that. Oh yeah, and you could get like uh, backup comic books. That were, you know, for sometimes it's twenty five cents or a dime, or whatever. Back then, that was, you know, it was good. And you, or sometimes it'd be a nickel. And I would pick pick up some, and I and I get some of Blue Beetle, and sometimes I get some of Blue Beetle with uh, Booster Gold. Mm-hmm. And they would run together, run around together. And I love those comic books. So those two were running around together as a good as a team. But they're kind of what I loved about those two together. In fact, I think they made an episode about them. Uh, on the Justice League limit, uh, uh, Unlimited, Unlimited, which is it was is my favorite because you get a whole bunch of characters. Yeah, there were so but many characters on that. Two. Yeah, I loved it because you get characters that get kind of overlooked. Yeah, and and those two together were fun because they're kind of like your outcast characters that don't get looked at much. Right, and those those two together were great, and I I loved them together. They kind of team up, and I just I just thought they were so great. And so, um, whenever they were originally moving on from Ted to the, to a newer character, I remember I, I was, I think it was like 2009. 2006. I don't what. Yeah. Philip Ted wasn't said, able
0: okay. to hear me read all that because he was trying to check oh, something on his phone. So, he didn't hear. 2006 yeah. is when Jaime Reyes uh, popped up because Ted Cord disappeared just, during the crisis on Infinite Earth.
1: I just remember that it was a change. At that time, changing stuff over. And I wasn't too fond. <laughs> of, I'm not big into change. But... Uh, that being said, I understood why they did. Was if they're going to do it with characters, they, you cannot do it with Bruce Wayne so much, and you can't do it with with Kal El, Superman. You can't do it. those. Although they but are, you, but you could. But they, but they always bring it right back. Yeah. You, they, they better after a year or two. <laughs> you always know you have to. So yeah, you, um, but you can do it with the side characters like that because, yeah. and that's always a good thing. But you can always um, usually. But a lot, even they did it with Hal Jordan, but eventually they brought him back. Yeah, they had because, to bring Hal back, yeah, because he was still the most beloved of all of them. And yep. they found a good way to do it because they didn't do it very good the first time, and so they found a good way to to do it. And and boy, they did it right. And
0: they've they even really had good. to bring back Barry Allen.
1: Yeah, they did. They brought yeah. up back a whole bunch of good. Yeah, a good lot of the
0: people players. who were popular during the. the uh, I guess that was the Golden Age What did it say back here mm-hmm. in my stuff I think it was the, no the Silver Age in the 60s yeah. The Silver Age characters yeah. you know
1: Yeah the Golden Age is the 40s
0: and, Yeah and uh, those the original and, where and, you had Superman and Batman and those classics
1: and yeah you know cuz uh Batman and Superman and Batman we're talking 1937 or uh, 38 39 and and then uh and then nineteen we're talking Wonder Woman and and all that stuff and that the 1940s it was just a big boom you yeah. know and, and then through the sixties and seventies and eighties is where everything started changing over um, to the, the the silver age. Yeah,
0: and it's yeah. got we so. even got a complete reboot of the DC universe in the eighties. Yeah, we did. So, <laughs> which I think was right oh, after one yeah, like, of the crisis events. Wasn't that it? was the
1: crisis. That was the crisis. The very first crisis. Yeah. In Infinite.
0: And, and they kept coming up with new crises. I remember you made jokes about it when we yeah. were filming oh, our yeah, fan yeah, film.
1: We did. Yeah. <laughs>
0: How many issues crisis. are the fans gonna have to buy this time?
1: Yeah, the crisis and that <laughs> crisis and infinite crisis and final crisis, and, and you oh. know what the final crisis is? It it's just the crisis for now. Yeah, how many until the next crisis to... happens? Yeah,
0: Oh, goodness. But, but uh, we are well. I, I I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm about to say. But we are hopeful for, for Ted Court's future. We'll just leave it alone. We're, we'll leave it alone. And I'm hoping maybe we'll get to see him Booster Gold because I remember him from the uh, the, the Justice League Unlimited, and he cracked me up.
1: I thought I saw it for a split second in the preview or like the, the commercial because I it did a very quick background. My eyes are quick, and, and I thought, I, "Hey, that's the original costume of the Blue Beetle." Yeah. You know, I can see the red belt. And I'm like, "Oh, you know," I was like, "Who? Oh, hang on," because I was like, "It's like a museum or something." But I love that you get to see costumes of characters yeah. and things, and that's fun, you know. Yeah, because I love it, 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 somebody Oh, I said, "No, I love silly." If you're look, it's comic book. In my opinion, if you're going to have the comic books, I think sometimes people get too serious. I love Batman. I really do. And I love Batman 89. But Batman 89 is still my favorite. And the reason is, don't get me wrong, I love the Dark Knight series. But the problem I have with the Dark Knight series and stuff after is too they serious. got a little too serious. Now, <laughs> Too, granted, too you realistic. Kinda yeah. to. You, you kind of had to because of Schumacher. I love you. God yeah. rest your soul. Yeah, but he went too the far problem, the other way. He went way to nineteen sixties, but but at the same time, um I know he didn't mean to be goofy. But the, the you know in his in to be honest, he was asked in some ways to do that. Thanks a lot, Burton, for being so Burton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Batman Returns because you all don't realize this now. But Tim Burton's Batman Returns did not was not a huge hit like you think it might have been. Yeah, it was it, it not as big as
0: '89, that's for sure.
1: No, it wasn't, and it was also a lot of parents were upset about it.
0: Yeah, and my mom was, sure was. Whew.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people that were. It, and it did not do. And the only reason why Penguin was acceptable at all in the film, you can thank McDonald's for that, because <laughs> they wanted to the sell stuff. Yeah. Tim Burton wanted him to only be in his underwear the whole time. Yeah, he was just nasty. Yeah, and he, so uh, Tim Burton is a weirdo. I yeah. love him, but he's a weirdo. He just is not, and and he didn't even want to do it. And yeah, the only yeah, reason he, is only he, reason he
0: did it is so he wanted to do it his way completely, and that's why we got what and we kind of
1: ruined it. it kind of ruined it. Now yeah. he was willing to change it for the the third film, and uh, but they didn't give him a chance, which is a shame. But that's it's a shame. It's yeah. just a shame because I would have loved to see what he would have done. Yeah, but so we kind of have that now in the new comic book they brought yeah. out, which is fun.
0: Yeah. Well, I won't comment but, on that because I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would have.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it well, was not as good yeah. as I thought. So, but it was still better than nothing. Uh, yeah,
0: it, it was nice to read that. Read it though. Yeah. Uh, but we got to keep the show moving, and I we yeah, still got to well, talk Blue about Beetle another least,
1: movie. There's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: Blue Beetle. <laughs> yes, which we've uh, George, if George you didn't Luke catch Lopez from uh, Mary so and I, fun. we absolutely love the movie. It's hilarious. Uh, it's yeah. it, is, it was a great movie. And George Lopez,
1: I was so excited. Mm-hmm.
0: You're, you're basically saying stuff that Mary and I already said, so yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> so I need yeah, to move was, on to Ninja Turtles. I mean, I'm sorry you didn't
0: get so to be part hard. of the review. I know. But yeah, I know I you had hard. as much fun as I did. I know.
1: I laughed so hard I was in tears. Yep, so yep, No joke, I was honest to God in tears watching that movie. I And my nephew, Freddy, he, he talked about that movie so much throughout this weekend. He hugged me later on and said, thank you. He said... He said, I love that movie. He goes, that's my favorite movie of the year so far. That's what he <laughs> said to me. And he goes, thank you for making my 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 uh, summer fun. That's what he said to me. Okay. And I thought that was so cute.
0: Yeah, because he's, uh, he's back in school now, I bet, today.
1: Today is the first day yep, back in yep, school. Yeah,
0: because that's the first day Heather had her students back up in too. Thank you for
1: letting us take them. You know? Awesome.
0: Okay, but we really got to get going. So, you know, should I hit yeah. the button again? No, I'm not going to. Because we're just going to switch movies. TMNT Teenage mutant Ninja Turtles mutant mayhem we actually went ahead and went out to watch it because uh, I had uh, I've seen a lot of people saying positive things and even had a guy at yes. work uh, Landon if he's listening to the show because uh, he, he, he says he, he thought it was Seth Rogen and the stuff you saw in the previews was cringy as well as much as I did and he had a friend who's a big turtle fan who went to a sneak preview and came back and says no I actually liked it so Landon says all right, Well, I will all go see it if I like it I'll tell you and he liked it, so he came and told me that he liked it as well. Yeah. So I said, "All right, Phil, for your birthday, I'm taking you out. We'll go. We'll go ahead and we'll we'll pull the trigger and we'll go watch this movie."
1: Yeah.
0: And overall, I'd say, as, as far as the movie goes, I enjoyed it. Me too. As far as being an animated movie that you're portion that you know kids are going to watch, please don't cuss in a movie that kids are going to go after because you've uh, animated you. it that way. That that was that was I, of, of two complaints I would have. It's that I I still don't like that animation style that much, and it was really hard to tell when an action sequence kind of happened. It was choppy and hard to tell what was going on. Uh, And then, you know, the the cussing and stuff that was inappropriate, and even having a joke that was kind of a gross joke that I heard a kid instantly repeat. Uh, I'm like, yeah, thanks, parent. Yeah. But the other thing that bugged me, and this is where I'm going to get in, where I said at the beginning of the show that you don't learn martial arts through watching it on TV. Oh, Yeah. Imagine that is the new origin of the turtles Is you just have a regular old New York rat and, uh, and some baby turtles that get mutated and then decide, well, because, because this version of Splendor does not trust humans. Uh, he figures, well, we need to be able to protect ourselves from the humans. So we're going to watch Jackie Chan movies and, and study what Jackie Chan does. And that's how they learned. I'm like, OK, but the, the part that makes that work, though, for the movie yeah, is cute, they yeah. uh, they kind of get trounced a lot. Yeah, that's Because cool. you don't really learn by watching TV. So, they, I mean, they, they can handle themselves with like some regular thugs that are too freaked out to the fact that they're being fought, they're fighting with giant turtles. But when they have some real foes and dangerous foes, they're on over their head. Mm. They, I mean, they're not like the level of ninjas anyway. Especially if you're looking at Jackie Chan, ninja and ninjutsu is from Japan. Jackie Chan is Kung Fu. That is not mm. a ninja. If, if you master that, you're a Sifu. Yeah. It's a completely different thing. So this should have been, as Ray Stevens actually made a, a parody song, Teenage Mutant Kung Fu Chickens. That's what yeah. this was. This was Kung Fu Turtles, not yeah. Ninja Turtles. But if you, if you take all that away from it though, it was still a fun movie and I still had a good yeah. time watching it. I just have some complaints of some stuff that I had to yeah, roll my eyes at.
1: Yeah. I, and I'll I probably be thought of it as a jerk. I still could not think of that character as April O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Just, just me personally. Uh, like if overrate, you're gonna race swap her, at lady. least make her pretty. I <laughs> mean, God, yeah, like, and, and you know, because they had a cartoon, uh, and I, was it Nickelodeon? Yeah, they Rise of the Ninja
0: Turtles Nintendo. actually had a they race swapped April. <laughs> That's the first time they did it, and so they did this, that, but they also did. It.
1: And I was told by someone they were saying, well, because she was originally black in the no, she wasn't. Bastard Stockman I said was. no, she wasn't. They said, oh, her hair was curly and kinky, and I said so. Uh, she looked more to me, and this is just my personal opinion, but. To me, I thought she looked more like, um oh, I can't think of the actress's name, but the one from uh, Alien. She looked Sigourney more like Weaver? Yeah, you know, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, she hmm. looked more like that. Because, I mean, th- that was real popular Yeah.
0: Time. Well, she was actually, I think, based on one of them's girlfriends, either Eastman or Laird, oh, if, you, if I've heard the correctly. Right. Yeah, I think they, they based yeah. her off of one of their girlfriends.
1: Exactly. That's right. I, I remember reading that. Yep. And you're right. But it definitely wasn't black. But they're like, oh, it was in black and white. But that <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean... But you could tell you the know, difference.
0: Like, Baxter Stockman had you know, great, you know, tones to where you could tell Blackjack Stockman was a black man. Yeah, And exactly. she,
1: he looked very different
0: from April, who she was an yeah. assistant. Um, but overall, you, you but, had fun with the movie too, didn't you? Oh, I did. I yeah.
1: loved it. I did. So Because there was, cause a, there was actually
0: some good humor in it. It wasn't all cringy.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: there were the some only, good jokes. The only
1: other complaint I had in it was the voices. Uh, right. Some of the voices didn't seem, seem right in it. Uh, like, Donatello's voice... Should have been Michelangelo's voice. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to have a mm-hmm. voice that sounds like a 10-year-old, because yeah. it, it was almost predominantly 12-year-old at the oldest.
0: Yeah, and um, he sounded like a 7-year-old yeah, to me.
1: Yeah, he was really young-sounding, and obnoxiously so to me. Michelangelo's super and,
0: deep voice should have been Raphael's voice.
1: Yeah, they, they just because you can tell someone's voice. You know who they're supposed to be. Yeah. And they had that wrong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they, Leonardo's know. voice matched and fit for him. Yeah. It, that one was the only one that yeah. actually worked. I mean, I didn't mind the voice actors, but they were just cast as the wrong characters.
1: Yeah. But the but Donatello's got on an air loving nerves uh, yeah. the whole time. He's like <laughs> the whole
0: time. sound like, a I was kid. like Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he
1: did. yeah. But everyone else though, but but the rest of it was good, mm-hmm. and I like, I really liked uh, Jackie Chan in there.
0: Although, what the heck were those things po- poking out of Splinter's head?
1: I think they're supposed to be hair.
0: Yeah, I know. Like, clumps of hair just randomly sticking out. I was like, are these like eyebrows? I've never seen a rat with that. I, no, I, I don't know what the heck what they I were doing. Is, the character designs were ugly. The turtles were okay, but most of the character designs were ugly. Yeah.
1: For all, all there across was some, the board. There were scribble marks. Like, yeah. Because like, it's supposed to be a weird style. I, mean, yeah. I understand. They tried they're too hard different. to look like
0: the Spider-Verse uh, animated films. Yeah.
1: So there's like scribble marks that yeah. would just like appear. And I think it was trying to be its own style because, you know, there's been so many Ninja Turtle things. Yeah. So they're trying to be different. But that was kind of strange. Like you, you see scribble marks showing up on yeah. little things. Oh, that's odd. <laughs> yeah.
0: And heck, having a weird origin. Uh, we'll, we'll get into this in just a second. But I'm going to play some audio from uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. I love the fact that you can listen to an article. So let me just hit this huh. button
3: and we'll listen to this real fast. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Recent news. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, TMNT, comic book series about a quartet of human-like warrior turtles, which grew into an enduring multimedia franchise. Born of a radioactive accident, raised by a talking rat, and named for Renaissance painters, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, cool-headed leader Leonardo, fun-loving Michelangelo, misspelled as Michelangelo, in early stories, bookish Donatello, and hot-tempered Raphael, delivered vigilante justice to the streets of New York City. There and across the world they fought gangs, aliens, and monsters, but their greatest foe was Shredder, an evil warrior who led a ninja gang called the Foot Clan. The series and its characters were created in 1983 by cartoonists Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, who published the first TMNT comic book, 1984, in black and white, financed by a tax refund and a family loan. They also put together an inexpensive press kit and mailed it to a number of media outlets. Their kit generated a surprising amount of coverage, and the series became one of the early success stories of the burgeoning direct retail comic book market. Shortly thereafter, Eastman and Laird began a long-running relationship with licensing executive Mark Friedman, reorienting the often grim and gritty series toward the lucrative children's market. The TMNT brand spawned a popular animated television series, 1987 96, and a handful of live action movies, as well as video games, toys, and other merchandise. The franchise's popularity waned in the late 1990s, but the early 21st century saw a resurgence of interest, especially with the computer animated film TMNT, 2007, and additional forays into television. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 2014, Rebooted the live-action film franchise in blockbuster fashion, earning nearly $500 million in global box office receipts. A sequel, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, was released in 2016.
0: Okay, so there's your quick two-minute two history of, uh, as, that's likely to Br- 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 can, can give you. But, uh, now... We we mentioned like weird stuff going on with origins on Ninja Turtles, right? So when we grew up, we saw the animated series, and we got a pretty plausible thing that uh, you had an alien mutagen, and Hamato Yoshi was hit with it, and he got turned into a rat because he had been in contact with those rat friends. And the turtles being in contact with a the human, they turn human. So you get a realistic believability of 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 how they mutate and how they learn ninjutsu.
1: As, as- as realistic as that can be. Right.
0: It's plausible. You can go with yeah. that. It's plausible. Now, of course, you go with the original version. You did have what was presented in the movie, except for you had a Roku Nagi and a Roku Saki. So you had two different ones. One was the Shredder and one was like a, was a Foot Clan thing. And you have the story as presented pretty much by the movie where you had a Hamanto Yoshi coming to America with Tang Shin, his, his, his bride, and his rat, Splinter, mimicking his moves from a cage. And then when they get mutated and which was neat it was actually a tribute towards Daredevil because they love Daredevil of that yes, the right. same chemical that was supposed to have taken away um, Daredevil's sight uh yeah instead of the hand you get the foot but that yeah. the that same chemical that had hit um I forgot his name though but Daredevil's eyes is what mutated the turtles and splinter and you know what that's it seems a little ridiculous that a rat is mimicking ninjitsu and learning it enough to train but for some reason that was plausible that worked for us but then we get some of the stuff that happened in that other live action that was mentioned, the Michael Bay, and you have the weird lab things, and they get named by April, and they get Renaissance names, but they learned everything by finding a book in the sewer? You just happen to find a book on ninjutsu in the sewer, and you just happen to know how to read when you're a daggum turtle and rats? Didn't make any sense to me. No longer plausible. But now let me read to you what IDW has done, and I guess Kevin Eastman has been part of it, because now Peter Laird sold out his stuff, and I think that's how Nickelodeon's gotten rights. But he's... Change the origin, and that's what's currently running right now, okay? So look, let me read you volume one here. It says, Hamato Yoshi is a member of the Foot Clan led by Orokosaki during Japan's feudal period feudal period. So we're going back. So that kind of works. After seeing Saki ruth- act ruthlessly, Yoshi leaves the clan and is marked a traitor, and Saki orders Yoshi's entire family to be put to death. Yoshi's wife, Tang Shin, is attacked and severely wounded, and with her last breath she beseeches Yoshi to protect himself and the children. He flees with the boys. They have four children. He flees with the boys and remains on the run for several years. Saki, who will later be known as Shredder, eventually finds Yoshi and his children and murders them all. Yoshi and his son's spirits are reincarnated in- in modern times, as a gray rat and four green turtles in a research laboratory called Stock Gen, owned by Baxter Stockman, a scientist who has recently allied himself with Krang. An intern at Stock Gen, April O'Neill names the turtles after Renaissance artists, Leonardo, Michelangelo, you know what I mean. Members of the Foot Clan break into the facility to steal an alien mutagen. The animals are taken by mistake, and when they and the stolen mutagen get lost in the sewer, they are covered with the spilled mutagen and transformed into enlightened humanoid beings. Which apparently now... This is where Yoshi's going to remember his past life because they're reincarnated as animals. And this is where he's going to train his his children. They're his literal sons now that turned into turtles. Why did he get a rat? Why did they all become turtles? I don't know. The plausibility is gone. The the only thing that makes sense is the mutation. But I guess they wanted a better way for them to uh, have known ninjutsu, and I guess that works. But they're reincarnated, like, centuries later as a rat and turtles. Oh, my gosh. They have lost their ever-loving minds at this point. <sighs> I tell you. Mm. But the turtles meant a lot to us as kids. I remember uh, it, was, it, happened, uh, it was during the summer when I first saw the miniseries, and it came on instead of Silverhawks in the early morning at, like, 8 o'clock. And I was re- getting ready for Silverhawks, and all of a sudden Ninja Turtles comes on. I was like, what is this? And I liked it, but they, sh- they showed it again in the afternoon which was good because I was trying to explain it to my brother and sister, like, oh, no, you got to check the show out. And then it came on in the, end of the afternoon we watched it. I remember the like the third, second or third day, I watched it in the morning, and then by the time I was re-airing in the afternoon, I was actually really sick and laying in the bathroom floor throwing up and stuff all day. I don't know why. I had a 24-hour flu bug or something. But I still was a big fan of the Turtles. And then, of course, that we picked up with a, basically season two after the miniseries. And, I mean, watched it every day, 4.30, every day, did not miss it. And then, eventually, of course, by the fourth season, you end up on Saturday mornings on CBS because the movies had come out and made it even more popular. Mm. And uh, yeah, it, it was. And it's what's fun is I've actually now spoken with two, and well, I'm going to say and a half turtles because I've I've met Rob Paulson. I didn't get to interview him uh, to not, at least not record. I talked to him. I kind of interviewed him and asked him some questions about the Rise of the Turtles because he was directing it. I've had Townsend Coleman, Michelangelo on the show at least twice. And, of course, he's on Adventures, honestly. And then Greg Berg, who's been on the show, who was Fo- Baby Fozzie on The Muppet Babies, actually was that fill-in voice you'd hear occasionally for Donatello and Krang. Whenever, you, whenever they didn't sound right, it was, it was Greg Berg, who did a really good job voicing the characters, actually. But you could tell it was different. Now, I think he says why he was in sometimes filling in on those roles at certain times. I can't remember what he had said, but go back or do a search on, uh, on our website, NeverlandPodcast.com, if you go into the podcast page, and then do in the search engine for Greg Berg. Uh, I'm sure he explained it, but I just forgot what what had happened. But, you know, of course, he's not going to turn down that job to be able to either voice Krang or to voice Donatello. And he did
1: a good job. it was really strange. It was really strange to hear Krang suddenly say, (laughs) waka waka.
0: But you can even tell, even one episode, you had taped on a videotape, like three episodes, and I remember remember one of them was where Michelangelo, whenever you would say Shredder, He would turn into Shredder or what? Or no, no, Shredder would become Michelangelo because they were they were they had all this research on Michelangelo in this computer, and Shredder was into it, thought he was a Michelangelo. But that's one of the ones you can when you hear Craig talk, you can tell it's it's Greg Berg. That's one of the ones I remember. But I remember actually those three episodes. I actually uh, because I had to get that tape back to you, so I played the tape and I recorded the audio on a cassette tape so I could listen to those three episodes over and over again on a cassette tape (laughs) before I had to get that back to you because we were I was you know big fans. I didn't really have a lot of toys. I got more toys now. Record
1: them. I used to record yep. them every day.
0: I wanted to start even... recording it, but I wanted to get it from the mini series at the start of my tape, and I was yeah. I never caught it at the right time. Unlike X-Men the animated series, where I did mostly catch it. Yeah.
1: Turtle Power. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and oh and the other fun thing is while I was in community college, I had had like this dream. And this wish in the morning, like, man, I wish that they would put that series on DVD or something. I would certainly go buy it. And then I had to go get something at Walmart, and I just happened to see. There it was. The it called Season 1, but it's basically the miniseries. was there, actually, in Walmart that day. I, remember, I bought it instantly.
1: I was so excited when, uh, when I had brain surgery, my first one. <laughs> uh, my mother came home with these pies from Hostess. And oh, they well, were so yeah. good. They were the... And, and I remember because was, I was watching that night. They had this anniversary from some show called All in the Family. <laughs> and I was watching. I'd seen bits of it when I was young. And it was one of my favorite shows, my second favorite sitcom, actually. And I was sitting there watching that. And I was eating those pies. And it there was, there was the first ones. That they only had the vanilla. Oh, it's still my favorite. And they had that green icing. And it came with these stickers. And that's what I would put on those, those tapes was those yellow... Ninja Turtle stickers, and I'd put oh. them on those tapes, and that's what I would record all those shows on, Was it, those little video tapes that had the yellow stickers with the Ninja Turtles on it. And I remember very well, the, the one that had uh, Michelangelo, he'd be on a skateboard, and he'd be skating on that. And I remember, I can't remember exactly what Leonardo was doing, but each one had a different sticker, and you'll know, collect all five or whatever they say on the thing, but you could get like, I think there's like five or six different <laughs> stickers, yep. at least four. But, you know, you had to keep buying those pies. Boy, I miss those pies. Were dead gum good. Yeah,
0: I think it was vanilla pudding, uh, just green color. Oh, it? it
1: was. It mm-hmm. was a vanilla pudding, and there's a green. And then later on, they brought out a chocolate. But that was just right before they ended. Mm. And uh, But I didn't really want chocolate. That vanilla pudding was so good. And they it had, like, amazing.
0: pizza-flavored chips and stuff like that.
1: Oh, I love that. Those chips were good. And, and they were browned. And they mm-hmm. would, they had so many. You, you could go out and get like animal crackers that were shaped like the Ninja Turtles, and you could get. <laughs> yeah. There was so much out there. Anything turtles. They would. You had uh, Ninja Turtle macaroni, and yeah. you had uh, a, a hamburger helper, and it, anything almost. It was like you dream it. They would have it. You, it it's just like <laughs> yeah. with all things. They saturate the market, but yep. it's okay. It's it's part of the fun, you know. You know you're going to have cereal. You know you're going to have, which they have again right now for the new movie. Yeah, and it's not bad. It's there. not bad. Yeah, I like it. yeah. I haven't yet to try that, but they have just about anything. Oh. Oh, high C. Yeah. You, 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 you always get some high C or yep. something like, whoa, cowbunga juice or ooze or something. Yeah. You, know, you know, you're know, you going to get that, brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, and my mom tried to keep me away from all that because by the time the movie was coming out, she had heard some bull crap story about some kid stabbing his brother saying the Ninja Turtles I did it. Know. I and know. And it, it, it was a lie. I, probably the Beavers and Butthead setting fire or something was probably a lie, too, but they, they stopped doing any fire jokes. But so my you mom know, I, kept I, me away from it. So it was, it was through my friends that I was actually able to still— have some of the chips because when you came over for my birthday, we brought the you brought over fruit pies and those chips, that. and we ate them as we were playing the Batman Nintendo game I and watching that. the Jungle yes. Book. Oh heck I yeah! Remember that. So mom could not keep it away from me.
1: I was a bad influence. Cal That's right. Well heck, my <laughs> uncle we
0: even tried to go and convince me, and the funny thing is, he tries to say, "Well, if they're not violent, what do they do when the bad guys show up?" And it's hard to explain it on the old anime series because it was very cartoony what they would do, and yeah. you know. They, they would do some weird thing like make something fall down on the bad guys or something, some sort of cartoony yeah. thing. The only time they were actually able to, to fight anything was the, the, the uh, miniseries where it was animated in a different place, and so the the app and the animation is actually a lot better. And they were okay because they said, okay, well, we'll make robots, and you can destroy robots. But that was yeah. the closest thing to any that. violence that series ever had. No one ever complained about G.I. Joe with all the violence on G.I. Joe with people getting oh, shot and yeah, punched they, and everything they, else. They, they, but <laughs> now Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles were the problem. Oh, and the Ninja Turtles never oh, they, did a they, violent thing, and that's so, that's you know that's so stupid.
1: They all heard it, really, all uh. of them did, and and I understand why they got some of that. You know, I get it. A parent has to be careful what they let their kid. Well, I get all that, but
0: there is the possible to go overboard.
1: It is, it <laughs> is, and the other th- the thing that I heard, uh, you understand, I'm a pastor's son. I was, you know, and I'm a pastor now, and I understand. to yeah, be careful. But I I received a book at the time. You know, talking about Batman and all that. I received a book that was trying to say that all this stuff was demonic and weird and new agey. And and so on satanic the satanic panic. The book, yeah. And so when I got this book to read it, the front of the book, and I'll never forget it Front of this book. You have to understand it shows these kids looking like they're brainwashed and they're watching this TV. And on the TV, you have looks like Michelangelo, I guess, mm. coming out of the yeah, because he was wearing orange. He's coming out of the, the TV and he's going like with his hands out and he's like mesmerizing them and like brainwashing them. And they're watching him. And then around the the TV, you had a Batmobile and you had like a Smurf on the ground and you had on the floor. I mean, and you had all these other like a uh, look, I think it was supposed to be uh, Slimer and a couple other things is like how they're brainwashing your children. And, and I was like, come on. We all got to be careful what we watch, but but you also can, if you go overboard, it's going to push him towards it yeah, anyway.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we watched all that stuff and it didn't really mess us up. We just ended up having a podcast where we talk about it.
1: That's <laughs> right. And God's still my number one. God is still my number That's one. That's right.
0: God is still number one. It yeah. did not take away, you know, just because I'm surrounded in toys of He-Man, Leonardo, Spider-Man, and everything else in the yeah. world of Ghostbusters, <laughs> doesn't mean I don't love Jesus. That's right. All right. But we better wrap this up here. Sure, yes. Oh, which I got to go back to my show notes here again here. I'm looking at the the the, the other pages. Oh,
1: Ninja Turtles, yeah.
0: But, of course, I want to remind you to go to our website, NeverlandPodcast.com, where you can find right in the middle of the page, uh, if you happen to have a podcast and you want to be able to get your reviews, my podcast reviews, click that link, and I'll, I'll get a little bit of kickback for that if you go ahead and sign up a very inexpensive service and get all the reviews sent to you. By the way, you can find everything you need right there to write some reviews. We haven't had a review in a while. Uh, and only you can help this show grow by telling your friends about all the fun you're having on this show and that, hey, look, we actually get more of a Christian focus sometimes. Uh, we, we don't mind talking about Jesus now on this show. Amen. And so we, we look at everything from the eyes of Christians. And so now we not talk about God every episode, but, you know, let you let your friends know that, hey, and you can let your kids listen to this because we ain't going to do anything foul on this show. Thank you. That's right. So, yeah, l- let everybody know that you're enjoying the show and please do share oh, it with others sorry. on social media, which, by the way, on social media, we do have stuff on facebook and twitter i mainly recommend getting into the group under neverland the fandom nexus because the group is where it's easier for me to share because facebook has changed things and the fan page where you just like i have to go through like a different profile so it's harder for me to just pop up and share so uh but yeah make sure you find us all the things you can email us podcast at neverlandpodcast.com please donate to the patreon you can find links for that right on our website neverlandpodcast.com and you can even join the neverlanders there we have lost boys there and pixies we have pixies because girls are too clever They don't get lost. And we'd, of course, like to thank Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite, and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show for helping me out with the intro. And now we just want to remind you to uh, get lost.
1: In an adventure! adventure!
0: Uh, You had a little bit of a delay, but that's okay.
1: (laughs) I did my best. You beat
0: me to the punch before. You just jumped in there before I got there. All right, but we'll Well... see you all next time.